Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to HCS Pro Talk, your weekly Halo eSports podcast. My voice cracked there, Will. Can you believe that shit? Second puberty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking 29 day second puberty. I didn't know that was a fucking thing. Uh, welcome to HCS Pro Talk, your weekly Halo eSports podcast. This is episode 157 for the week of December 13th. 2020. My name is Josh AK JK Fire. This week I'm joined by the man who was previously wearing the Hippocampus sweatshirt, is now wearing the Minnesota Rocker sweatshirt. The man of hoodies, Will, aka I am Mr. Mayhem. Will, how are you doing on this Sunday afternoon? I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? Well, you know, we I'm doing well. We have a lot to talk about this week, Will. And I yeah. mean like a lot. And, uh, like, and believe it or not, even competitive Halo stuff will. It's not just not that. We actually <laughs> have some competitive Halo shit to talk about. Will, um, believe it or not, I'm not going to waste any time. Do you want to know what's coming up on this week's episode of the show? What do you got? The future of the HCS is infinitely familiar, and it has literally nothing to do with Halo Infinite. We have tournament announcements. We have tournament recaps, including the results of the HCS Halo 5 Pro Series Season 2 Championships. Now with drama. We have Halo Infinite's Pandora's box being slightly opened. We have new CDL rosters announced. Star Wars! Game Awards! And Cyberpunk! Because, duh. Um, Will, you and I played a lot of Cyberpunk, so we're going to talk about cyberpunk later on in the show um obviously and uh we'll give you a spoiler spoiler warning um later on in the show so just stay tuned for that but without further ado will let's get in to some competitive news what's up josh yo welcome to the live show first piece of news callus reaches out this is by callus over on twitter and i quote tired of h5 Will, are you tired of H5? Yeah. Will, are you tired of H3? Uh, yeah. Wish there was something for Halo 2 Classic? Not my thing, but sure. One or all of the above? Well, how does a Halo 2 Classic tournament or show, max, show match exhibition of pros in Halo 2 sweats featuring FFA leaning into a 1v1 sound to you, Will. That's great. Tag someone, retweet, or like this to increase the possibility of it happening. Uh, again, that's Callus' tweet, not us, obviously. Uh, Josh says, hey, I'm going to have to dip when y'all get into Cyberpunk spoilers because I don't know how much you two have played. So just to give a reference here, it's not going to be main story stuff because I am literally two missions in. Will is further than that, but we're not going to be talking about like just straight up story, story spoilers besides what happens in the first two missions because that's what I've played. So there you go. Next news story. Draft tournament announcement. This is by Penn Halo over on their website. This is a draft tournament. There are two important dates. Draft day, which is January 16th, 2021, starting at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And tournament day, 
January 17, 2021 at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Signups are final. No refunds. Entry fee starting at $15 from the 11th of December, which has already taken place, to the 28th and $20 after the 29th of December. Format is double elimination. Prizing is winner takes all, starting at $500, but scaled up based on the number of players. See the prize section for more information. So, draft day, January 16, 2021. We'll be selecting the appropriate number of captains based on the total number of players. Captains will be selected based on a skills metric placing in all previous tournaments. We will then hold a captains-only FFA to determine seating for the draft. We will use a number, a random uh, order for captains select their players from the list. There is no trading or changing teams. The team you are drafted to is the team you will play with. All captains must be present during the draft. All players must watch the draft on our Twitch. Not ours, Pen Halos. Tournament day, January 17th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard. This is the date of the tournament will be played. It's a double elimination tournament 4v4 using the MLG V8 rule set. Maps will be set and displayed on this page on uh, January 16th after the draft. Signups close on January 15th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard. All players must check into the tournament on our Discord no later than 12 p.m. on the date of the tournament. Failure to check in will result in the disqualification of that player. And the funny thing is, is that I didn't, see or put in there what game is actually being played. But MLG V8 rule set makes me believe it's Halo 3. So I believe it's Halo 3. And finally, Will, the last news story that we got for competitive news. You ready for this one? Yeah. HCS update. But not that. HCS update. This is by Tashi. Tashi replied to a tweet that was asked of him, um, I think it was like Halo 3 Pro Series 2 or something like that. And Tashi replied with, yes, more H5 and MCC pre-C tournaments coming in early 2021. Targeted double elimination format update with Face It as at the start as well. We'll confirm as we get closer. So there you go. More of the same. Yay. That's it for your... I was about to say upcoming turns because that's the next segment, but that's it for the competitive news. It's time for your upcoming tournaments of the week presented by NoobCombo.com. Check out NoobCombo.com for all your Halo eSports needs. But no merch. Not yet. Soon. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. We'll see. Uh, honestly, at this point, I'm expecting fall 2021. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's really funny that you mentioned that, Will, because we have something to talk about later on in the show in regards to something that's coming out in fall of 2021. Halo Draft League weekly matches on Wednesday, December 16th. We have last place going up against Average Joe's Gym, then Army of Two versus Optimistic, Grit versus Aim High, Rubber Bands versus Outlaws, and Rectum. I'm going to say it like that for the until the end of time. Uh, versus Fireteam Onyx. And then on Saturday, December 19th, we have Aim High versus Optimistic, Army of Two versus Outlaws, Grit versus Fireteam Onyx, Rubber Bands versus Average Joe's Gym, and Rectum versus Last Place. On Sunday, December 13th, which is today, as a matter of fact, we have the Tourney Times Winter Snipe Festival Halo 5 3v3 and the Esports Arena Halo 5 4v4. On Saturday, December 19th, we have the Hydra Gaming Female Halo 5 4v4 Tournament and the J-Money's Halo Roots 2's Gunfight Tourney. And then finally, on Sunday, uh, December 20th, we have SWAT Nation SWAT Miss V3, which is also taking place. Make sure, if you want to, 
you sign up to any and all links will be included in the Google doc of the show notes of the show exclamation point show notes and chat. Also make sure you go to, well, actually let's just end the segment because you know, that's how this is. That's how I shout it out anyway, but that does it for your upcoming terms of the week presented by noobcombo.com. Make sure again to check out noobcombo.com for all your Halo esports needs along with all the links. So all these tournaments that are taking place, you can sign up, you can compete, you can make new friends, you can make new rivals, you can maybe get a disconnect, which we'll talk about in a different tournament that took place, which led to a disqualification. So that was exciting. Um, hey, Will. Yeah. What do we normally have next? nothing there's nothing there's nothing for roster mania this week well you know on to the next one (laughs) maybe maybe we'll see something happen with the with the upcoming more h5 tournaments that are gonna be who the fuck knows what do we got for the tournament league recaps of the week (laughs) or what what were you gonna say well no 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 we'll go through it we'll go through it when we talk about the uh, the announcements coming up later okay sweet so tournament league recaps we'll start off with halo draft league the weekly matches on Wednesday, December 9th, we had Average Joe Jim go up against Aim High, and thankfully, Average Joe Jim takes it 3-2. Let's go. Um, They're starting to make their comeback right now. Starting to make their comeback. They learned how to dip, dodge, duck, dive, and dodge over the weekend. At least, and... for, at least for this series. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Next up, we had Optimistic versus Rubber Bands. 3-1 going to Rubber Bands. Rectum versus Grit. 3-0 to Grit. And then on Saturday, December 12th, Fireteam Onyx went up against Average Joe Jim. It was a three out of Fireteam Onyx. Oh, so, no. <laughs> wah, wah. They I'm rooting for to... you, Average Joe Jim, but, uh, you know. Uh, they didn't learn to duck, dip, dive, and dodge on that one, did they? No, they pr- finally met the, uh, um, what are they, the Cobras from uh, Global Jim. <laughs> that name sounds so familiar to you. It's Dodgeball. Dodgeball, yeah. yep. It's dodgeball. All right. Moving on from the Halo Draft League, we have the GM Halo Tournament, Halo 5, 3 3 Snipers Tournament results. In fourth place, we had Legend Shady and Chronoser. Third place went to Nap Times, Snipes or Snips, and Mio Shugri? Shugri? Second place went to Young Guns, Dallas Snipes, and Requiem. First place went to Avenue Suppress and Margade. Next up, Pen Halo winner Slayer Halo 3 2v2. Slay spelt like a, you know, a Santa Slay. Yeah. Um, oh, I need, I need place, jingle bells. I need to get some fucking jingle bells, bro. Um, in fourth place, we had GMS. We haven't heard that name for a while. No, we have it's not. Gabriel and Fantasy. Third place, Previous we had, members, too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Keeping the tradition alive. I like it. In third place, we had carried by Aries. It was straight sick and Shaley. So Aries isn't even there. No, but uh, remember that was uh, that was denial back in the day. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they, had, it was. they had was Gil. No, wait. Who? Who was straight sick? Shaley. Aries and blank. Was it Gilkey? It wasn't Gilkey, was it? No. No, because he was on Lux. Yeah. Is it Ryan Noob? No. No. Fuck. Continue. I'm sorry. I'm I'm getting off track. It's all good. It's all good. 
Um, second place went to Stainers, which was Lethal and Gilkey. And first place went to Gooder, Another Trippy and Catastrophe. So I like congrats that. to them. I like that. All right. Next up, we had the Esports Arena Halo 5 4v4 results. In fourth place, we had Turbo Turtles. That's a phenomenal That's name. That's a great name. Great name. It went to uh, Cloud, Nemesis, Rami, and Stress. Third place was Fire and Ice, Bullet, Magico, Noble, and Juan 117. In second, we had the Pittsburgh Knights, Atso, Pulgot, Drift, and Tapping Buttons. In first place went to KCP plus Bohm. It was Druck, Soul Snipe, Tolik, and if you didn't guess it, it's Bohm. Wait, what? I thought it was Bound. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh. Next up, HTS Halo 3 MCC Pro Series 4v4. In fourth, third, fourth, we had Team Teabag Crew. Great name, too. It was Maniac, Ace, Neighbor, and Elamite. What, what and a fucking team that's, that's that a is. Lineup. Wow. That's a lineup. Uh, next up in third, fourth, we had Team Flyers. It's commonly straight sick Hunter JJX and Alumni. In second, we had Warriors, Shayla, Goofy, Rain, and Ryan Noob. That's where I got the Ryan Noob and Shayla reference. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Uh, first place went to H3 Team Trippy, Lethal, Gilkey, and APG. Continuing to wreck shop. All right. We also had the HGS Halo 5 Pro Series at H Season 2 Championships. Our predictions. Okay. You know. <laughs> uh, hey, we got 5th through 8th right, and we got 1st right. right. Yep, so 4th. I had KC Pioneers in 4th, Cloud9, Inconceivable, and Sentinels. And Josh, after changing his <laughs> prediction, ended up with the same thing. You so, know what? For the record, I'm glad that I did not go with my first of having Inconceivable win the whole thing because... Let's just say that's not how the bracket turned out in terms of how it would even end up going because it's not a double Elim bracket. And based off of group play, uh, Sentinels and Inconceivable played each other first round in the bracket. So yeah. no matter what, that prediction was never going to hold true. So take it away, Will. What do we have for the results? All right. In third, fourth, we had Cloud9. Uh, and also inconceivable. Second place went to Kansas City Pioneers, and first place went to Sentinels. So, let's talk uh, about this tournament. Right? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to go ahead, Josh? Go we'll, ahead. We'll go I'll point by you. point. We'll go point by yeah. point. So, um, let's talk about Renegade for a second, which is le which led to Cloud Nine getting third, fourth instead of getting second. So. What movie we're talking about? Dodgeball. Also, welcome Jordan, one of our souls of Sagilios. So every week, every I got to do it. Renegade. All right. Renegade was having game issues where um, it was literally like I wouldn't even call it lag. It was just like literal frame stuttering and dropping, and it was consistent. Okay. And this was happening in games prior, but eventually I believe he just had had enough and quit. Let me, let me bring up real quick. Maddie, our friend over at noobcombo.com. Make sure to check out noobcombo.com for Halo Esports needs. Like I'm doing literally right now live on the show. So I want to read this. <clears throat> Let's see. 
Kansas City Pioneers faced Cloud9 on the other side of the bracket and were up 2-0 in the series. These are all best of five, by the way. During the third map, Eden Oddball, Cloud9 player Renegade ended the match abruptly mid-game as he was having technical issues. The game was restarted with the points carrying over and Cloud9 won as well as winning the series. So they reverse swept, basically. After further review, Cloud9 was disqualified for this action and KCP, Kansas City Pioneers, was granted the win. So, like I said, those technical issues that Renegade was having were happening previously as well. But the big sticking point here is that he ended the game. Like, I mean, he, he, yeah, he was done. No, it wasn't an admin. It wasn't anybody who, like the observer or anything like that. It was, it was him, the player the, himself. Yes. Since he did it himself, that was the big contention there. And I'm not saying he wasn't having issues because if you watch the clips of his channel, he would definitely was having issues and that's not cool at all. And I, that sucks. Um, but regardless in the end, the refs made the right call based on the rules and cloud nine was disqualified. Uh, they would have gone up against Sentinels in the grand final, but they were disqualified. So the Kansas city pioneers went on to face Sentinels in the final. So Casey pioneers going up 2-0 against Sentinels in the final. Another thing I wanted to quickly talk about, because I don't think a lot of people, including me gave Kansas city pioneers enough credit where credit was due. I mean, we had them going third, fourth in this tournament. Anyway, we knew that they were better than the fifth through eighth teams just didn't know if they could really break themselves out into that top one, two area, right? Did they get reverse swept by cloud nine? Yes, they did, but rules are rules and that's it. But the thing that I want to mention here is that they went up 2-0 against Sentinels in the grand final. Now, we know what happened after the fact is that Sentinels came back and reverse swept them. But the fact that they were up 2-0 in the series, they were one game away from clutching it out. And the funny thing is, is that that was a fathom flag game. That game three, they were also up 2-0 in that game. But then, then things just shifted. So much so, in fact, that, I mean, what, you had a couple more disconnects happen you had a, uh, they, they, they did a full replay of that game because I think it was Sentinels had just scored a second flag and then a player dropped out. And since it was 2-2 at that point in time, they just decided to do a full replay of the game. But then it was, it was at that point that Sentinels were like, all right, we know what we do. This is what we do. And we're going to win this. Not only that game, but they're going to win the series. So congratulations to Casey Pioneers for not only going up 2-0 against them in that final, but for getting to where you were in that tournament. I think you guys shut a lot of mouths up. Uh, it would have been awesome for you guys to win the whole thing, and I know you guys obviously wanted to win the whole thing too. But regardless, that was fucking cool. But what was even more, like, crazy to me 
was my last bullet point that I have here, which was the lack of which was the lack of practice with the Sentinel squad. After the tournament had taken place, Frosty had stated in his chat that basically none of the players had played leading up to that tournament. During the tournament, multiple times, Trippy, who was their new fourth for this tournament, was asking before before each game, hey, what are your guys' opening strats? I've said it so many times before. I am a huge proponent of practice. I'm a huge proponent of putting in the work, right? But man, they came back, reverse swept KCP. Yeah, they were expecting to play Cloud9 in the final, but regardless. And they they destroyed everybody else, basically, in that tournament. They had a fourth who they hadn't practiced with. And that, and I, I was talking to Maddie, Maddie Rums, obviously. And he, uh, and I was talking to him like, it felt as though Frosty was back at his MVP self. Now, granted, it, he, he was a year removed because of COD, right? But the fact of the matter is he came back, like no practice. And he, he was scary. He looked just like he used to. And the fact that he looked like that, with barely any practice, that's crazy to me. And I mean, I know it was only a year or whatever, and he's, he he may have just played matchmaking or regardless, but like that's, whoo. When you have a Frosty who's firing on all cylinders, that's just a scary situation to be in. Um, So while I do say that I want more than anything for players to put the work in and put the practice in, the fact that Sentinel's, played the way they did with having a fourth that play, that came on with no practice going into that tournament, and they played the way that they did. That is insane. That is commendable. And just fucking wow. Is there anything you wanted to add, Will? No. Um, yeah, Frosty in that finals, um, That like you said, that, that CTF Fathom game, I watched the full replay of when they, you know, when they finally reset. Yep. He was making his old camo rail plays, you know. He wouldn't die. He wouldn't fucking yeah. die. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty crazy to see. So. He was one shot. Uh, he was pulling off Ola type moves where he was one shot, and he would just dip out of a situation, know exactly where his teammates were, so he wouldn't be that last shot, mm-hmm. and he would get away almost every time. And the other thing that blew me away about his play is that he would pay attention and call out everything. Like he would be, he would know. I mean, obviously these are, these are top professional players who at the, at the peak of their game, right? They know exactly what they're doing. But when you hear these things happen during their game and you hear the method to the madness, right? Because a lot of people, like if you, if you, um, if you put somebody in front of a screen, like in front of the stream who has never watched competitive Halo or competitive video games in general, right? Um, it's hectic. Like you hear, you hear a lot of things, but you don't listen to a lot of things, right? It's a lot of in one ear out the other, but if you really pay attention to what's going on there, if you listen to the words being spoken, the amount of input and awareness that Frosty is bringing to his team is insane. 
he's calling things out. Like he will see what I would see as like a sliver of somebody making a move. And he would catch that and immediately convey it to his team. And be like, hey, you go here, you go here. Hey, stay back. Hey, be careful. Play your life. Don't lose this fight. I got you. I'm with you. Like, man, it was just, you you really miss those things when they're gone, you know? (laughs) And hearing them again, it just, it brought you right back in. Davey Havoc, welcome back as well. Also, Dave, our sword of saying Helios, welcome back as well. Dave says, I miss Lance. That And uh, he also said, Frosty was feeling good talking smack on Twitter after too. That's that's the thing, right, with the land thing, is that it just, it just felt like, it felt a little bit like that again, having all those pro players back in the mix, the top of their game, KCP trying to make an upset is just... Man, Frosty's just at a a different level of a fucking player. And we we know we have the Sands of the world and and whatnot, where you you have these young players that are coming up. I mean, Kansas City Pioneers, all those players are making names for themselves too. It's, man, you, Frosty, Shotzi's competing in COD and he'll continue to, but like, Frosty is that player who is on a whole other fucking level. Is what it feels like. Like when when that CLG roster picked him up, like they dropped Ogre 2 to pick him up. I'm like, everybody was thinking to themselves, man, did you fucking Ogre 2? The winningest player of all time? The GOAT? Are you can get rid of him? And then you have this young gun come in who who shows you jumps and maneuvers and things you've never seen before. And you're like, this kid's the future. This kid's the fucking future. That's watching him play yesterday. Watching him play yesterday felt just like that all over again. And man, I can't, I cannot wait until infinite comes out, man. I can't fucking wait. The amount of talent that we're going to see come out of this game is going to be insane. I'm not talking about just Frosty. I'm not talking about these players that are currently playing. I'm talking about all the players you've never heard about. All the players that we've never heard about. The 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 up and coming Frosty who does like who you don't know yet. Man. Yesterday was a good day for Halo. Davey says Manny was complaining about Frosty Series X. I mean, it plays better on it. And it's legal. Sucks to suck. Dave says, stream's lagging on my end just here to hold the sword. Well, I'm sorry. We show is not dropping any frames or anything, so hopefully we're okay. But, you know, Twitch can be bitchy and the internet can be bitchy sometimes. But thank you for being here, Dave. Still appreciate you. It's good on your end, Jordan. Perfect. But yeah, I just... There hasn't been a lot of, like, we, Will, we talk about all the time, right? Uh, that there's there's a lot of community tournaments that are taking place, and we're very grateful for them because without those community tournaments that are taking place, this would be nothing, right? Not only our show, but basically the, the scene would be empty. Nothing would be going on. 
And while those tournaments, and I, and I cannot stress this enough, while those tournaments are incredible that they happen, that people are competing, that people are having fun, that people are out there making names for themselves, this, this tournament that took place yesterday, yeah, it was not for a ton of money, right? Yeah, face it was at the helm. Yeah, there was still production issues, so on and so forth. A lot of long wait times when they were trying to figure out the the Cloud9 KCP situation. But we still have the events that are going on. And yesterday's tournament was, gameplay-wise, fantastic. It just, for just a second, in a, in a year, and I'm, I'm going to sound like philosophical in some shit, I don't mean to, but like in a year that's been really, really shitty for a lot of people, just watching that tournament last night for just a second made me not think about anything else that's going on and just enjoy the halo that was being played, enjoy the spectacle of some of the best players in the world duking it out and just bringing you back to the competitive Halo 5 heyday. It's, it just felt, it just felt great. It just felt great. That's what I got, Will. I'm sorry. I went out a little bit of a thing there. It's all good. Oh, Anything you want to add before we move on, sir? No, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Uh, Jordan says, that's awesome. It was awesome. It really was. Uh, and then Davey says, hopefully Josh and Will don't quit without, without ref approval. No, we would never. And actually, that's funny is that I was thinking about it too. And I'm like, how many, I'm guaranteed. Like, how many players read the rule book? Any? Probably not many. Right? Like. Not the nitty gritty rules, right? Sure. But it's, I just I just wonder. I wonder that statistic out there. Because I know people out there would be like none or whatever. Or maybe just the coaches. Maybe the coaches would. I don't know. I would hope so. But it's just, it's funny. But And the other thing to me is that he, the thing that really kind of, now I don't, okay, I'm not trying to shit on Renegade or anything like that. It, I'm just saying what I saw. Um, And I also don't mean to like misconstrue, misconstrue things or anything like that either. But it was it was said and it was shown that he was having these issues before that game had taken place, right? So mm-hmm. why not why not talk about those issues beforehand, like right when they had started happening, right? Why not wait to the beginning of a game and say you're not ready? Like why not just say you're not ready? Do do like a full reset of your system, right? Yeah, and just say hey, I'll be back in a minute. Like we've seen that happen multiple times before. I don't see how. I don't know why it came into it came up to that point where they were down by so much that he's like, okay, now now I'm done. I don't something doesn't sit right there. And again, I don't know the whole situation. I'm not trying to shit on him. I'm not trying to say that, oh, he did this, he oh, this was predetermined. He was gonna do this the whole, the whole time if they were down the series. No. That's all I'm saying. It's just if this was happening earlier and it looked like it was, and he was having these technical issues earlier. Not only in that series, but just let's say in general, 
why not bring it up early at the beginning of the game? Just like change teams or something to be like, hey, sorry, guys, I wasn't ready yet. I got to do a full reset here. See if that fixes things. Okay, good, good. Okay. Who knows? Hopefully we hear more later, but that does not detract from the fact that KCP were up 2-0 in that series against Sentinels. And we're up 2-0 in that last in what would have been the last game if they were able to clutch it out in that Fathom CTF. So there's that. And also, if what Davey says is true, that Manny was complaining about Frosty's Series X, hey, Manny, dude, come on. Be better than that. Um. All right. Will, shall we move on to the regular news? MCC Development and Flighting Updates. This is by Postums over on HaloWaypoint.com. Game update, December 16th. Next week on the 16th, a new update will begin rolling out around 10 a.m. Pacific time that will include many bug fixes, new features, and an accompanying playlist update, including many recent Forge maps for social matchmaking. There are numerous bugs being addressed and a handful of player-requested features coming online, but our patch notes and known issues are still being defined at this time. We'll share the exact locations and details next week, so keep an eye out here and on Halo uh, support for the latest details. Below is a high level of what players can expect for new features and content when this update goes live. Players can disable the text filter for incoming text text chats. Outgoing messages will continue to appear filtered. Season 5 content has been staged for the next season and build. Text suits for Halo 3 Spartans will be available in the customization menu and various bug fixes with patch notes on Halo support leading up to the update. And then finally, the Halo Insider nameplate. For everyone that has participated in flighting over the past year, we have a fun surprise. A couple weeks ago, we teased out a new Halo Insider nameplate, but now we have all the details to share for folks. This one will be coming online for this next update. Expect though for ex- expect that for those who have actively participated in our flights, meaning uh, played the game, that you'll receive this nameplate after the update goes live and we'll have granted it out to players. Timing on this should be within the first 48 hours after the update goes live. Davey states he called it pay to play. Okay. <laughs> Will, we're in agreement that Halo 5 plays better on the Series X. Yeah. Can agree. Will, I'm going to ask you a question. Would you consider mm-hmm. playing Halo 5 on the Series X pay to play? Or no. or let's just let's go one step further. Pay to win. Pay to win. Um no. Would you consider, this isn't to name call, I'm literally just going to ask this, would you consider Frosty a better player of Halo 5 than Manny? Uh, I think everyone would. I rest my case, ladies and gentlemen. So let, I guess let me touch on this subject to get, uh, a little bit here. So playing Halo 5 on the Series X, it is smoother, less of those weird little frame dips, but from what I've experienced and heard the people who usually have the worst connection or not as stable, like have a better chance. Um, I don't know what it is, but the, the smoother the game is, the harder it can be to hit someone because they're moving in a way that 
I don't know. It's it's just weird. It's weird. Um, now it is frosty, and he's absurd at the game. So, yeah, I don't know. It's he was literally called the MVP of the game, right? Um, by his peers. Yeah, I, there is something you know. Having the greatest and latest tech is always better, but you absolutely. Um, HCS can't just afford to send everyone a Series X. That's on the player. And he was playing at the top level. He was arguably the best in the world without that console, too. Yeah. Anyway. What a fucking just... If if what was said is true, then that is just pitiful. It's a pitiful fucking excuse. You want to win? Put in the time, put in the effort, come out strong and beat them. If you lose, don't complain about it. Learn, get also, better. Yeah, I mean, KCP getting reverse swept essentially twice, too. That's like... It was. That's exactly what happened, twice. They... Uh, all right, so let's touch on that. Are they just not mentally... They don't have the mental fortitude to make it through. Like, you know, they're up two games and they just let, lose composure. Well, I don't... I guess... Yeah, the, they were going up against Cloud9 and Sentinels, which... Based on the, 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 you could say power rankings or whatever that they're, you know, better than KCP, but to have, to be in that position twice where you can close out those two games and can't, just got to work on something there. The thing that I saw, so during that Fathom CTF game, the first, the first play, the first playthrough, right? Uh, KCP were up 2-0. They were, this was the turning point of the game right here. They were... They had three dead, I think, on the Sentinel side. They were pushing into their base. They get the flag. Frosty makes a play inside the base. Gets one or two kills, right? Teammates are spawning up. They get KCP on split spawn. Get them all dead. Get a reverse cap. And then just immediately took control from that point forward. As soon as is that reverse cap took place. That game was over because they, they had gotten, they got the second cap, right? Then a lag out Mm -hmm. happened. So they had a replay. As soon as the replay happened, that game was fully in Sentinel's control fully. And, um, yeah, it just, it, that continued. It just continued through the rest of the series. KCP didn't play like they did in the earlier games. They just didn't. So. In the Cloud9 situation, I can see that as... Like, we've seen it happen so many times before with... uh, Like, you, you're, you're on your hot streak, right? And then something happens. It throws a wrench in the gears. And it completely just shuts that momentum down. So with that with that KCP Cloud9 series, right? It was Renegade ending that game. Okay? Might have just turned that hot streak off for KCP. They had to completely restart from then on and it just didn't look the same at that point. Yeah. During that Fathom CTF game, a lag out happened. They had to restart that game. It was a full restart. They just couldn't do it. They couldn't close it out. So 
I don't know, man. I don't know if it's mental fortitude. It's just the thing that I hate is when people complain about stupid shit after the fact. Like you, you want to win, put in the time and the effort, quit complaining, just fucking do it. Maddie said it perfectly. Lose with dignity. That's the thing. Do that. Quit being a little bitch. Seriously. Like that, what was the fucking saying? Um, shut the fuck up. Quit your bitch and play the game. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. That's the thing is that if you're, if you're not, and I was giving, that's, that's what really pisses me off is that I was giving KCP praise for getting to where they did in the tournament. Like regardless of the, of the DQ, like you, you, you technically won that based off of rule set. And then you were up two Oh, in that series against Sentinels, you just didn't close it out. I was giving you praise for where you were being. If I, if I see shit and you're complaining online about, Oh, this person had a better console than I did. Motherfucker, that person was better than you without that console. Are you kidding me? If you think you're better than that person, then beat that person. I don't want to hear excuses. I just don't. Am I saying that I'm better than those individuals? Fuck no. You don't see me competing. No, I know I'm not as good as them. But if you're going to say that I lost because of this, when really it was because your team just didn't come together and win the fucking game, that's on you, bud. Fucking entitled ass children. Jesus Christ. Oh boy. Ladies and gentlemen, competitive halo. All right. Uh, Move on with the news, Josh. Hold one second. Maddie says, we're talking about Druck's tweet about paying to win. Was that Druck or Manny? Because I'm getting conflicting information, though. Regardless, one of the players on that team. Jordan says, okay, boomer. JK, do I fucking feel like I'm telling you? Um, all right, while the, con- while the conversation continues in, in chat, yes, we will continue. Maddie said, Druck said something about Frosty paying to win after their first series. Okay. God. Oh my God. I'm going to say the same thing. Regardless of who it was. Frosty is considered to be. You could eat, you could throw Shotzi in there too, but based off awards and accolades, Frosty is the best Halo 5 player in the world. Okay. I feel confident putting that blanket statement out there. Therefore, if he is the best player in the world of Halo 5 and you have not beaten that best player in the world in Halo 5 when that player was not using one of the new consoles, are you better than that player? I don't think so. Davey says, uh, you're right, way, it was Druck. Okay. Yeah, it was Druck on uh, Twitter. Did you find it? Yeah, I did. What does it say exactly? Uh, let me go back to it. I looked up Manny as well. Um, Maddie says, Frosty went back at him with videos of him beating Druck. Oh, boy. So, yeah, Druck literally just posted, love pay to win Halo 5. Brad said, you guys literally wouldn't kill me on land. Yeah. Frosty. Yeah. 
Oh, boy. Druck, druck, druck. All right. I'm going to say one more thing. I'm going to say one more thing before we continue. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Druck, talking to you right now. You don't know me. I don't know you personally. That's okay. I don't know how old you are. Okay. I can tell you how old I am because I've said it multiple times. I, I just turned 29 years old. If there's one thing you need to do, Drug, this is a piece of advice from a non-competitor. Okay. So take this for whatever you will. You need to grow up. Okay. Like Maddie said, you need to lose with dignity. Regardless of age, you need to grow up. You competed in a Halo tournament that a lot of people would talk about as being frivolous, is not mattering, right? But the fact that you did compete speaks better to the entire situation because a lot of people wouldn't, right? Or a lot of people wouldn't get to that place. You got to that place. But the fact that you lost, the fact that you called it out, that speaks even more. Grow up. And move the fuck on. Good luck in Infinite. Speaking of Infinite, it's time for the next news story, Will. You like that segue? Pretty good, right? I liked it. Inside Infinite by 343 Industries. Ladies and gentlemen, we finally got an article. We got the year-end article, I guess you could say, and we got a little bit of an insider look into Halo Infinite. Now, this article was very long, okay? Will, believe it or not, I trimmed out a lot. I kept what I believe to be the, the, the best points from this article. But again, I highly suggest exclamation point so much in the chat. Or if you're listening to this after the fact, go read the entire article in the Google Doc that's shown to the show. But these, again, this is still a lot. So strap in. So here we go. Hey, everyone. I'm Joseph Statton. I'm not, I'm, I'm Joshua Kramer, but that's besides the point. If you've been a long time part of the Halo community, you may already know me. If you're new to the Halo community, hello. It's great to meet you. I was part of the Bungie team who made Halo CE, Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo 3 ODST, and Halo Reach. I came up on the design side of these projects wearing many different hats over the years, including writer, cinematic director, creative director, even a voice for the grunts. After Reach shipped, I became a Halo fan, cheering on 343 Industries from the sidelines. But I've spent the last four months immersing myself back into the Halo universe. And it is my honor, as creative director, to help our team ship Halo Infinite in fall 2021. Yep, that's when the game is coming out. And from now until then, every one of us at 343 Industries and our great partner teams will be building, testing, and polishing an experience we hope you all love. 
I joined, th I joined 343 Industries right as the team was wrestling with feedback from the July campaign demo. This discussion boiled down to one fundamental truth. We needed more time to do things right. That included pushing hard in the fall, giving the team time to recharge over the holidays, and then coming back in January to finish the game at a healthy pace. Because Halo Infinite in the fall of 21 is just the beginning of the adventure. I'll be back at the end of the update for some closing thoughts, but now, Brian, take it away. So, after that introduction, there was an art and graphics update. And so here are the, the main points that I took out of that. Your three individuals included, like this was the three individuals who were answering questions include Nicholas Sparth Bouvier, probably mispronounced that name, I apologize. Neil Harrison, the director, oh, so we have Nicholas Sparth Bouvier, senior concept artist and art director for Three for Three Industries. We have Neil Harrison, the director of art management at Three for Three Industries. And then uh, Ani Shastri, again, I apologize for mispronouncing any of these names. Development manager for the graphics team on Halo Infinite. So the first question. Back in, well, maybe not the first time, like I said, I trimmed this article down, but regardless. Back in July, our teams pulled together a nice slice of representative gameplay that introduced fans to the expansive nature of this new ring world. We got the first look at Master Chief using the grapple shot and various weaponry to take on the Banished. Despite excitement around the gameplay, we knew we had plenty of work to do on the art and graphics side. Can you speak a bit about the demo and the team's perspective? NH, the primary goal for the campaign demo in July was showing Halo Infinite gameplay for the first time. While that aspect generally landed as we wanted, the reality is that the art and visuals weren't at the bar we hold for Halo, even in a work-in-progress state. Much of the feedback we heard from the community aligned with our own views and work we were already committed to doing around things like in indirect lighting, material response, foliage and tree rendering, clouds, level of detail transitions, and character fidelity. Still, the feedback was humbling, and it also pushed us to look at additional opportunities for improvement. Craig the Brute. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about Craig specifically. Yes. Uh, AS. July was indeed a very much work-in-progress slice of the technology and a reasonable set of key features from global illumination and dynamic time of day to GPU-driven rendering and variable rate shading were all in active development. Much of the graphics team's capacity, along with that of some key technical artists, was focused on achieving high resolution and performance leading up to the demo, which meant several of these features didn't quite get the level of polish and bug fixing that was warranted. Visual fidelity is a very important goal for Halo Infinite, and the graphics and art teams have been continually aspiring and working closely with each other to get the best-looking Halo game ever. I definitely want to acknowledge the input that we got from the Halo community and our fan base. Staying open to critical feedback and looking at areas where we can learn and do better is an inherent part of our culture at 343. The next question. Internally, I remember we discussed uh, the feedback with two key areas in mind, visual fidelity and art style. Before we get into the former, can you briefly touch on the latter by helping clarify our intentions as it relates to the overall art style of Halo Infinite? NB states... I felt that Halo 5, despite many successes, didn't take player feedback enough into account, and many felt the game's visuals were deviating off course. It was vital to embed Halo Infinite within very stable foundations that would borrow from the past, as well as making sure that any new assets would convey a sense of legacy that would resonate well with all players, old-timers, and newcomers alike. 
We knew it wouldn't be trivial to combine the cle uh, cleaner and simpler forms of classic games like Halo 1 or 2 with the next-gen requirements and expectations of Halo Infinite. Merging both was going to be a challenge. But we stood close to our visual principles and made it work in, uh, in the best way one day at a time. We managed to find a balance of modernized visuals combined with a classic aesthetic that will definitely speak to all. And we couldn't be more proud of this. Next question. Speaking of improvements on the art and content side, one big outcome from our demo was the emergence of the now world-renowned Craig. While we in the internet have come to love dear Craig, we know he wasn't the best self back in January. Can you give a, back in July, I mean, can you give us any updates on Craig as he stands today? NH states, firstly, I can confirm that the facial animation on NPCs was not fully implemented in that build, which resulted in Craig, uh, Craig's incredibly deadpan, lifeless look. All characters are modeled in a neutral pose prior to blend shapes and animation being applied. So poor old Craig was never intended to be seen in that condition, which is not something that was evident during the gameplay. It was only later in the close-up freeze frame of this one bad moment where it came to light and the legend of Craig was born. Yes. There's been further work done and the material fidelity and more variety added for brute faces. We're also working to add some hairdos and beards, which was something we hadn't gotten to in July. So whilst we have come to love our dear old Craig, he's certainly undergoing a significant makeover. Craig isn't the only model to see improvements though. There have been significant changes to other characters and 3d models as we continue to evolve and polish our content. Some of which can be seen in the Spartan and weapon renders being shared today. The next question. The extra time has already yielded progress on the visual fidelity front, but we're still not done. Can you talk about some remaining priorities and work the team is focused on? AS states, on the graphics engineering side, we have a team that is continuing to polish up the last bits of feature work on lighting, global illumination, and atmospherics. We're also iterating very closely with Neil's teams on making sure our content creators can take full advantage of all the cool technologies we have built over the last couple of years. Another group of graphics developers is staying heads down on optimizing the end-to-end -end rendering pipeline so we can deliver the great experience of resolution and performance across all our target platforms to our players. NH states, on the art side, it's mostly further polish and bringing it all together. We have a concept of content complete where we get all of our content into the build and then we have time after that to assess holistically and further polish areas that would benefit the most. Oftentimes, significant improvements are made after our content complete milestones. Set dressing, mass painting, texture material improvements, FX and lighting tweaking, and animation polish and variety are still all being worked on. We've made significant improvements on our foliage, trees and grass, both in terms of rendering, fidelity, and how we maintain that over distance. But this is another area still being worked on and fidelity will further improve. We're excited to show you as soon as we're able to bring these things together and showcase the work in the best light. Finally, thank you very much for diving into the visual fidelity work the team has been focused on. Before we shift gears to the next section, any final words or parting thoughts to share? I just want to include NB's response here. Making a game from hundreds of at-home desks is clearly something that initially reduced our ability to merge all game assets into a single successful vision. It was without a doubt the biggest challenge we have been facing this year. But with time, dedication, and perseverance, we're all making it work. The improvements have been phenomenal. Ani, Neil, and all teams have been fully focused at improving communication between tech and art, and it's giving fantastic results. I cannot wait to show more, of course. 
All right. And the final section of this article, again, I'm sorry, it's a lot. Please bear with me. The live content portion. So Halo Infinite's multiplayer is free to, is going to be free to play. It's going to be a live content model where there will be premium microtransactions as well. So there's some stuff to talk about here. Let's get into it. Ryan, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today to represent the live team. Since this is the first time you're both talking about Halo Infinite publicly, I wanted to give you a chance to introduce yourselves to our community. What do your roles at 343 entail, and what's your experience with Halo as a fan or employee? Uh, Ryan Paradis states, thanks for having us. Unishek. I haven't used that in a long time. So hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm the design director for the live team. That means I'm focused on overall live team strategy and planning, ensuring we meet our goals as a studio, that the live game has a strong direction and plan, while ensuring the team has the agency and focus to react and, uh, to feedback and improve. I'm constantly meeting with others across the studio and the Xbox team and always looking to ensure the clearest roadmap and path forward. Chris Blom. Hi, I'm Christopher, and I'm the lead progression designer. I work for Ryan and I'm focused on engagement and customization. Another way to state that is that I am the designer that works with the production, art, and engineering teams to create awesome in-game content that people will be excited to access and play with in the game. I also lead the team that controls how things are unlocked, be that via challenge or leveling. So, question. We said live team quite a bit, so I want to ask, what does the live team do? In other words, what are the team's responsibilities and how do they contribute to the overall game? RP states, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and answering this succinctly, given the shifting roles and coverage live takes on, it's kind of daunting. The live team takes a meta role in our in our contributions and that our content tends to bridge experiences. Think of things like challenges of progression, customization, achievements, etc. There's no one area of the game that these belong to or work to support. Their best function support players in all ways they choose to play. After we see Halo Infinite launch, we'll shift a bit more to monitoring the state of the game and ensuring we act, we, we react appropriately. Not only this working with our friends on the community team, but with analytics, ongoing work with user research, etc., to ensure that the team knows what's working and what's not. This means that we'll have a direct partnership with you, the players, that we'll use to improve the game experience together over the lifetime of the game. Lastly, we're working across the studio to form the long-term roadmap for Halo Infinite. What should players look forward to each season? We'll be partnering with the community to plan how the game is going to grow and evolve over time. And then, how do we work with you to ensure that our roadmap can be communicated effectively? I'm sure I've missed or glossed over a lot, but that's basically it. So the next question, if you don't mind sharing them, what are the live team's pillars for Halo Infinite? RP states, given our roles, Chris and I have different focus areas, so we're going to vary a bit here. First one being, healthy engagement is paramount. We want everyone to play the game in a healthy manner that they can enjoy. We're not trying to build a grind machine that burns everyone out in an attempt to get more game time from them. Halo Infinite needs to be a place where all look forward to spending time. The next one, we maintain a player-first focus. Think of all the games we've played that have random awards. Ask people to play a way they hate just for a new shiny or weaponized FOMO against the player. There will be limited time events, but we don't want to turn free time into a chore. We're not all about that. Everyone should enjoy their time in Halo Infinite. The next point. Unambiguous value. If someone invests their time or money in the game, they should understand what they're getting and that it'll be worth more than, uh, than the investment. Examples of this in practice include no loot boxes, 
either through engagement or any premium route. And we're not selling power or giving an unfair advantage in-game via any route. And then finally, always be listening, learning, and experimenting. The live team is all about growth and iteration. We build and support some fun content, but there will be times when things don't go as planned or something we tried didn't land well. There will also be times when we believe in ideas and want to give them a chance in the wild. And we ask that you be understanding as we try them out. These will be moments for us to learn and grow. It will require a close partnership with our players where we can talk about what happened and what we were trying to do and be transparent in our plans to move ahead as much as we can. CB states, uh, tactically, we take the above pillars and look to a few others in our day-to-day from how we position rewards to what items we make. So his first point is provide value. The second is, and it's said before, new loop, no loot boxes, no randomness and rewards. And finally, allow player expression. We want everyone to build their dream spark. We're always looking for more ways to customize in-game personas and give the player, players options. My team knows that our long-term players have favorites that they love and may have for two decades. We want to make sure that Halo Infinite players will be able to get their old favorites as well as find new favorites at launch and as we expand over the months post-launch. Much like MCC, I want to bring everything to Infinite. Eventually. Our piece states finally, I want to circle back with the note on our pillars and the structure of our title. Halo Infinite multiplayer being free-to-play has demanded that we examine how we want to build and release content and has also influenced everything we've just talked about. There are certain places where we're going to have to move away from approaches seen in Halo's legacy and try something new, but always keeping in mind the goalposts above. So, the next question has to do with Halo Infinite multiplayer being free to play and customization. So we've touched on it lightly before, and it's a pretty big question in the community, but will that apply to customization? If so, how do you make those changes while staying true to your design pillars? CB states, that's a great question and one we think about all the time. We see and hear the current concerns of our community, specifically right now about codings. And we look to our systems to make sure we're doing the right thing both for our players and their ability to represent themselves, as well as what is right for a free-to-play service-driven title. Yes, being free-to-play does mean that there will be some premium cosmetics, but players will still obtain tons of customization content through things like playing campaign, challenges, skill, special events, legacy rewards, such as the Halo 5 SR-152 reward, the progression system, and more. We will always provide pure value for, for pure engagement in simply playing the game. We believe that providing value isn't exclusive to monetary transactions. It's also about making sure you're properly rewarded for the time you're investing into the game. Players that play for free will be able to unlock items across a multitude of different customization types to allow them to represent themselves in-game. Halo 5 didn't do a great job rewarding our most engaged players, SR-152s, so we've added a few tokens of appreciation in Halo Infinite to help make up for that. We've also used our learnings there to better structure the player rewards in Halo Infinite. Ultimately, we want to make something that all of our players respect and love. By staying true to our pillars outlined above, especially in regards to maintaining a player-first focus and listening to the community, we should be able to do just that. And then also, for those wondering, in that article, they include in-engine renders of what the SR-152 rewards are. So, you can go ahead and look at those codings. 
Speaking of coatings, you mentioned coating specifically, which have turned some heads over the past few weeks. So let's talk about those a bit more. Can you elaborate on what coatings are and why they are in Halo Infinite? CB states, yes, the coding system is something that the live team and our 3D artists designed directly after Halo 5 and as part of the overall customization picture. In previous Halo titles, we had a series of inputs that were simple RGBs and primary and secondary channels. For Halo Infinite, we didn't feel that flat colors in a singular pattern were good enough. The coding system allows us to define color, wear and tear, patterns and materials on a region by region basis on the Spartan or anything in the game, be it armor, weapons, vehicles, or even environmental elements like fuel barrels. To get to our design vision, we needed to make an exceedingly difficult decision to move away from a system that was in the game from early days, primary and secondary color. This decision was not made lightly, but it has laid the foundation for greater detail and variation when it comes to color customization. In addition to getting better, better variation, we can also create coatings much faster than we could create weapon skins in Halo 5, which will allow for even better variation over time. Additionally, with coatings now being of their own customization options, we can use them as rewards for player accomplishments or even create bespoke ones for certain occasions. Lastly, coatings use, similar, uh, use smaller digital footprint and let us add new ones to the game without massive patches or taking up tons of disk space, which is a learning from Halo 5. We have looked at the system and we understand the concern. Our recent value balancing pass, which is a direct result of community feedback around coatings, we have looked hard at how many coatings are in the starting set and how many and of what quality are unlocked via engagement versus other systems. Coatings are one part of the customization picture, but we feel all up and we hit our goal for player representation by offering more possibilities across the entire system. While this does mean losing some player control, it increases the depth of customization that we can achieve in internally and that you can ultimately show off publicly. So Will, before I continue on, the thing that I found hilarious is that this article came out, right? Well, actually, let's let's back up a second. So the first thing came out about primary and secondary colors being gone. Yeah. And the and the community like fucking blew up, right? You're taking away my colors. Fuck you. This isn't player choice, blah blah blah, right? This article comes out literally states the same thing. And people are apparently really happy. I haven't seen any complaining, Will. I think they got the initial wave out. I think they did too. <laughs> and um, people are blowing things out. This portion. article does state that they can do it on a piece-by-piece -piece basis. So that makes me wonder, can you have, you know, like your chest piece be the 152 armor coating and then like your shoulders be something else that's uh we have to wait and see on it but hey well that makes me think that they're yeah it's really really great that you asked that question thank you for providing some extra insight here i'm excited to see how the coding system can benefit armor weapon and vehicle customization now speaking of armor customization options we've teased halo reach levels of, of armor customization before can you tell us what that actually means in regards to halo infinite armor cb states to dial it in a little, the geo that can be changed or added to Halo Reach was helmet, helmet attachment, chest gear, shoulder pads, left and right, knee guards, wrist gear, and utility, as well as visor color. These will all be back, and we will go further. Personally, I've always loved visors, and we have a surprise to show soon. I understand that there is a level of being vague that is unconscionable, and I am riding that line hard, 
but we do want to save some surprises for later. I love it. I knew the team was cooking up some awesome stuff, but I was really, I was still really impressed when I saw all these options for the first time. The best part is that we're, uh, we were only talking about armor customization there. You've been working to add deeper personalization elsewhere as well, right? Are you able to elaborate on those right now too? RP states, as Chris mentioned, we're going to be vague for a bit longer. Just know there's still tons to talk about between now and our launch next fall. We're showing some cool Spartan customizations and armors in this update, but we're not done showing players what they can do there. Likewise, players have seen coatings for weapons and vehicles. They, they know about that, but that's not all they'll be able to customize there either. And then there's things that don't fall into those three areas that players will be able to get the engagement and premium paths too. We have a lot left to talk about. All right, then keep your secrets for now. I know we'll be getting to chat about everything the live team is working on in due time and in even greater depth. Thank you again for taking the time to chat with us. Are there any closing words you'd wish to uh, impart to our community before we wrap up? RP states, you mentioned it. There's been some heat recently in some areas where we've decided to make changes and there will be more discussion with every bit of content the studio releases. We see what the community is saying. I lurk Reddit in the Waypoint forums like a madman. We talk about it almost every day, and we work to improve. We're going to learn, iterate, and evolve as time goes on. But I can promise that we, and everyone here at 343, will make this the best Halo game that we can. CB states, We are out there listening, and we take it all to heart. We cannot act on every suggestion or idea, but we do make sure that we are plotting the course forward for the best experience. I look forward to talking more about specifics and cutting more of our team up here uh, to show off what they're working on. Some great stuff coming and launch is only the beginning. The live team is already plotting course for post-launch beats. We all look forward to partnering with the community on our mutual journey that will evolve and grow Halo Infinite. To round up a little, no loot boxes, no randomness or items that influence the sandbox and gameplay. And finally, the road ahead. This is by Joe again. I'm fortunate to have worked with incredibly talented teams my whole career. The Infinite team is no exception. Folks here don't just understand Halo, they love the core gameplay and characters and community. Everything that makes Halo, Halo, just as much as I do. And, like me, they also feel a deep responsibility to serve. We aren't making this game for us. We're making it for you. Starting with this update, we're going to be sharing more about what we're doing and, most importantly, why we're doing it. So here are a few things I'd like to share. My first week on the job, I played the entire Infinite Campaign twice. I was, in a word, stunned in the best possible way by what the team had done. Infinite is, by far, the most expansive and vertical Halo world ever. Why did the team do this? because they understand that wonder and freedom are key to the Halo experience. I could feel the classic Halo 30 seconds of fun, beating at the heart of Infinite's world. But I had never felt more powerful, more mobile, more in command of a rich set of tactical choices. This was the Halo we imagined back in 2000, finally come to life after 20 years of technical and creative innovation. Sure, there were bugs in the build and clearly more work to do. But this concept art by Martin uh, DeChambeau, one of the many incredible pieces he's made for the game. It encapsulates all the excitement and curiosity and joy I felt on my first journey through Zeta Halo, the most mysterious, dangerous, and possibility-rich place in the entire Halo universe. Everywhere I looked, I saw choices. Do I explore off the golden path, 
assault that banished warbase guarding the Valley Pass, follow a flight of 400 sentinels into that unexpected cavern, rescue a squad of marines dug in and desperate halfway up that mountain, or do I keep pulling the mainline story thread that feels epic and intimate at the exact same time? Truly, Halo Infinite is a world in which I love spending time and that I'm thrilled to return to, both as a designer and a player. On behalf of the entire team, thank you for your, pati- for your patience and your passion. We can't wait for you to join us on Halo Infinite Adventure, first with insider flighting later next year, and then when we ship in fall 2021. In the meantime, hope you all have a restful holiday season. We'll catch up with you in the new year. So, Will, we got our first actual look via in-engine renders as to what the game looks like now. Now, I'm only, I want to touch on this point real quick. I didn't include this in the show notes, but I want to touch on this real quick before we move on. Um, there were multiplayer in-engine renders in that article as well of a, of a yes. multiplayer map. Now, one of the multiplayer designers um, replied to a tweet and said that those were in-game. But if you look at the caption under the photos in the article, it says in-engine render. Yeah. Something tells me that's not what the game is going to look like exactly when it releases. I just want people's expectations in check. I think the game is going to look great when it releases. I just don't think it's going to be what those pictures show. Cool. All right. Will, is there anything else you would like to add? I know that was a long piece. I apologize for that. Anything that stood out to you, anything you're excited about, worried about, whatever it may be. I mean, I honestly, like, I appreciate the update, but I feel like they're giving the game away and leaving that wonder and mystery to when we actually get it. And like those cool moments when you're actually playing the game. Um, I don't know, man. I I, I just need the game to come out. Fall 21's too far away for me. I'm mad. Got delayed I'm a whole angry. year. Got delayed a whole year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan says, I don't like the phrasing of, we aren't making this game for you. Uh, for us, we are making it for you. I mean, I think the question is, which Halo fan are you making it for? That's a good point. Because there's tons of them, and they're all of differing opinions. Um, those multiplayer maps, the the snippets that we saw, definitely reminded me of Reach maps. It re- the, the one reminded me of Stasis on H5. Oh, sure. A, a little, little bit. bit. Of that. A little bit. But I can see the Reach as well in there. Uh, Jordan says, like, do you know why Killer Instinct was good? Why was Killer Instinct good? Because it had uh, that, that like, slithering bitch. They love what they were doing, and they wanted a KI game that uh, that they would want to play. Well, I hope that 343 wants to play the game that they're making. Otherwise, what the fuck's the point? I don't know. I'm, 
I'm biased as fuck. I'm going to play the game. We'll probably enjoy it when it comes out because that's just me. But I find it hilarious that nobody's talking about coatings anymore when they literally rehash the same information as before. Uh, sure. I, yeah, I just, I find that really funny. Um, I also find it funny that like, Oh, what else was said? There's something else in there. I can't remember off the top of my head. It is the best fighting games. Yeah. Chaos is fun. Chaos is fun. All right. So there you go. Fall 2021. It's official. That's their new window. No actual date yet. But uh, there is speculation because it would be... um, Like, it could be an anniversary date of some kind as well if they wanted to plan things out that way. It wouldn't be on a Tuesday or a Friday, though, so I don't know how that would really work out, but we'll see. Cyberpunk released on a Thursday, so... Well, technically on a Wednesday, for fuck's sake, so anything can happen. Yeah. Um, Who knows? But, Will, without further ado, that's it for the regular news. It's time for COD... And other games. Watch! Will, are you excited? Maybe. <laughs> Will, Star Wars. Lots of Star Wars. Lots yeah. of Star Wars. We're going to talk about it shortly. But before we get into that, we have another round of... Media. And it's real this time, Will. You want, you want to tell the folks what we got for these rosters? <laughs> yeah, so we got some... Uh some announcements from the Florida mutineers. They're going to be running with awakening havoc skies and slacked this year for CDL. And then the LA thieves finally have their full four. It is going to be temp slasher Quavo and TJ Holly. So, um, interesting to see what these squads do. I don't think they're quite top tier in my mind right now, but we'll have to see. I think um, LA thieves have an opportunity. I would have to see Florida in in motion to see what well, the fuck they're going to do. We know Awakening was a great AR last year. Sure. A great flex player, even. Um, he really filling any spot they needed. Um, that's It's really hard to tell how these teams are going to... like. For me, it's hard to predict when the game changes so much year over year. Agreed. You go back before between a, uh, you know... Um, Activision, Treyarch, you know, different styles, different things do, you know, whatever it may be. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Hell yeah. All right, Will. Let's let's get into what I'm calling the entertainment corner. Okay. So, Will, you were a large Star Wars fan. Would would, would that be a correct assessment, sir? Sure. Jordan, who is also in chat is a, is a very large star Wars fan. And I'm pretty sure that is a, that is a good assessment as well. Let's talk about will and Jordan and chat and everybody else who's listening to this show after the fact, let's talk about all of the star Wars announcements that came out during the Disney extravaganza that took place. Uh, I had an IGN article listed here that went over everything that was announced. We're going to go through it beat by beat. All right, here we go. First up, 
I think this is I think this is by release date perhaps, or maybe this was by announcement, but I believe these are all the announcements. If they're not all the announcements, please let me know if I fuck something up or if IGN fucks something up. Here we go. Star Wars, the bad batch in 2021, the next star Wars animated series will hit Disney plus in 2021. The bad batch focuses on the elite clone trooper unit introduced in the final season of the clone wars set shortly after the end of the war. The series will explore the team's new existence as mercenaries and their struggle to find a new purpose. Will, are you going to finish The Clone Wars? Oh, God, I don't know. I need to. I need to watch that show. There's so much in there that I just... I'm going to. Fuck it. I'm going to. I mean, we got we got a, uh, a show Katano in The Mandalorian. Yeah. Might as well go back and watch that, right? Speaking of which, no talking about the last episode of The Mandalorian that happened on Friday because I have not watched it yet. I need to. I have not seen it either. Okay, perfect. So no Mandalorian shit. All right? Leave it alone. You haven't watched it yet? No, we haven't. It's in our queue. The last episode is a four-episode arc? Jesus Christ. All right. Let's get to the next one. Star Wars Visions in 2021. Star Wars Visions is a series of 10 animated short films, each directed by a different Japanese animator. The series will debut on Disney Plus in 2021. You know what this reminds me of, Will? Halo Legends. Do you know what Halo Legends is, Will? No. Halo Legends is a collection of short, um, like, anim- like animated shorts, all by different directors. It's literally what this reminds me of. So, kind of cool. All right. Star Wars Andor. 2022. Diego Luna's rebel spy, Cassian Andor, will be the star of the second live-action Star Wars series on the Disney Plus streaming service. Andor will focus on Cassian's exploits before the events of Rogue One. Luna, uh, Genevieve O'Reilly, Mon Mothma, and Alan Tudyk, K2SO, will reprise their roles from Rogue One with the hopes that others like um, Alistair Petri... General Draven might also return. The series is described by Disney as a rousing spy thriller and will explore some of the dangerous missions carried out by Andor and his allies during the early days of the rebellion. Jordan says he doesn't give a shit about Andor. Will, are you excited about Andor? Uh, we'll see. All right. This one is probably going to get some fucking people's dicks hard. The Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Release date TBD. An Obi-Wan Kenobi solo project has been rumored for years, and now it's actually happening as a series on Disney+. Production has apparently been delayed from a summer 2020 filming date to January 2021, following reports that Lucasfilm was unhappy with the scripts and proposed storyline. Ewan McGregor will return as the famed Jedi Knight with the show set 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. Surprisingly, Hayden Christensen will also return as Darth Vader, which could mean... Obi-Wan and Vader had a pre-episode four showdown we never knew about. Will, are you excited about wrinkly asses Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen reprising their roles? Yeah, that one I'm actually excited about. I genuinely am too. I think this is going to be cool. Um, You were the chosen one! So, I mean, in, in my, what I'm thinking is they might not, they might not fight, 
but there might be Obi-Wan like flashbacks. You could see that. Uh, uh. Um, or they have a connection, a forced connection where he can see what he's up to. Jordan says, I want to see Hayden, but I don't want to see them fight. Uh, it feels like a slap in the face of the line from a new hope. I liked episode three though. I really see, the reason I really like that movie. The, I mean, I, it takes te- Obi-Wan cut himself off from the force to be able to hide and watch over Luke. So if there's something going on there, like it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I kind of agree with Jordan. There's no point for them to have met up or fought. Hey Jordan, remember how you were talking about your ideas for your podcast? I think you should have Will on and talk about star Wars. (laughs) I think that's what you guys should do. I think that's what you should do. Um, the next piece he says, I think so too. There you go. The next one, the Mandalorian season three, the first live action star Wars series proved to be a big hit with fans as well as arguably the biggest selling point for the fledging Disney plus streaming service. We already knew this was going to happen. So, and it's really good. Like season two in my mind is better than the first season. And it's, it's only getting better. Mm -hmm. Next one, star Wars Rangers of the new Republic. The Mandalorian is getting two, uh, at least two direct spinoff series, one of which is dubbed Rangers of the New Republic. It's believed the series will focus on Gina Carano's Cara Dune and other New Republic soldiers as they work to restore peace to the galaxy, even as the threat of the First Order begins to grow. And then we have Star Wars Ashoka. The other Mandalorian spinoff series will focus on Ro- uh, Rosario Dawson's Ashoka Tano. The series will be set in the same era as the Mandalorian itself. So rather than fill in the missing gaps in Ashoka's story, it'll likely revolve around her hunt for Grand Admiral Thrawn as teased in Ashoka's previous Mandalorian appearance. So that was a uh, spoiler. Just as a heads up. Uh, sorry about that. But uh, that was what a couple episodes ago though. So yeah. Yeah. If you haven't watched it, there was a spoiler right there, but Hey, thanks IGN looking forward to it. I mean, I don't, I don't know much about her as a character because I haven't watched the Clone Wars fully yet. People have been wanting more Ahsoka for a long time. So this is... This is, is it big. Ahsoka or Ashoka? It's Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka. Okay. Like, it's, yeah. Uh, Ahsoka. Okay. I'm an idiot. I believe. Um, Jordan says Rebels. Yeah. I think, I think that... I think Thrawn was from Rebels. I think I looked into that because... Uh, see, I'm yes. not a huge Star Wars nut. So when I go and watch the Mandalorian, they will make, they'll make a soak. Okay, perfect. So you guys are, I'm an idiot. You guys are right on that. Uh, since I'm not a huge star Wars nut, I'll watch the episode of the Mandalorian. And then, um, everyone will talk about these references that were made to previous, uh, to previous lore, to previous canon that took place in different, in different aspects of the franchise. And I'll, I'll go up and look into those because I want to know where those came from. And yeah, I believe, I believe Thrawn is from rebels. Um, and apparently Thrawn is one of the biggest villains of star Wars as well. So there's that people love his books. There you go. And the other thing, another thing that was said, okay, this is going to be a slight spoiler. I apologize as well, but the dark saber, something that I had literally no idea what the fuck that was. And then I looked into it further and I'm like, Oh, it's kind of pretty fucking badass, actually. Mm-hmm. So just, just cool fucking shit going on with that series. Um, all right. Star Wars Acolyte. 
Russian Dolls Leslie Headland is overseeing a new live action series on Disney Plus set during the High Republic era, 200 years before the events of the movie. Lucasfilm's Kathleen Kennedy teases the series will, quote, will take us on into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emergent dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era, end quote. That's why it's so good. They play super well to both casuals and hardcore audiences. Absolutely, Davey. Absolutely. Jordan says, Darksaber plays a role in Clone Wars and Rebels. Yep, that's where I read into it further. All right, next one. Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Not to be confused with the video game. This is in Christmas 2023. Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins has been given the reins of the next Star Wars theatrical film, 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 which is slated to hit theaters in Christmas of 2023. Kathleen Kennedy teases, quote, the story will introduce a new generation of starfighter pilots as they earn their wings and risk their lives in a boundary-pushing, high-speed thrill ride. The legend of Rogue Squadron has been long beloved by Star Wars fans and will move us into a future era of the galaxy, end quote. And the cool thing is, like, they gave a, there was a little, um, like, a little video with her, like, explaining it. And uh, at the end, she enters an X-Wing which is kind of cool. It's just, it was just a cool little thing. And then finally, some TBD things we have. Disney has carved out release dates for three new star Wars movies after the rise of Skywalker. The first of these was to have been the first film from game of Thrones, executive producers and showrunners, DB Weiss and David Benioff coming on December 16, 2022 Weiss and Benioff's films have since been canceled. However, the other, are you happy about that? Will? yes, are you okay? Are you happy about that because of the ending of Game of Thrones? Because the partially, ending was not that great. Partially because they don't do well if they don't have source material. And since this is three new Star Wars movies and they have to create that source material, I had a feeling it wasn't going to go well. All right. I can understand that. The other two dates were December 20th, 2024 and December 18th, 2026, but it's not clear what the what film these dates would now apply to. In any case, on July 23rd, 2020, Disney announced changes to its release schedule due to the ongoing pandemic, including these Star Wars movies, which are now planned for December 22nd, 2023, December 19th, 2025, and December 17th, 2027. Jordan says, I need more info on Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Well, it's funny you asked that question. Jordan is also in that article. I just didn't include this. But hey, status unknown, new Ryan Johnson trilogy. After writing and directing The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson was given, quote, all the freedom in the world, end quote, to oversee an entirely new non-Skywalker standalone trilogy. We haven't heard much about this project since it was first announced, and there remains no word on when they will be released. There you go. Will, what are you most excited for in this Disney oh. roundup? It's Disney Star Wars roundup. I mean, it's got to be Obi-Wan because he's the biggest name out there. You're not wrong. Of course, Mandalorian's been great. So, I mean, that was, but we knew we were going to be getting more of that. Um, I would say Obi-Wan and Ahsoka, like, that's gotta be it. 
I would probably say same. Apparently they took the Benioff and Weiss project off the website, but left Ryan's on it. Yeah. I mean the Benioff and Weiss one was axed anyway. Look, it's, people are giving Ryan a lot of crap for the last, Je- or yeah, the last yep, Jedi, the last Jedi. The one he did. Yep. Episode um, eight. And the movie itself wasn't horrible. I thought it was fine. It was just, it was just out of place when you had a similar director on either end of him. Right. And maybe if he could have done his own full story arc, it could have been better. Now there were some things that really pissed some people off, like Luke being a curmudgeon in the, in his little Island and him disrespecting a lightsaber, which, you know, um, which yeah, I didn't agree with, but I mean, if he had a full arc for that, where it could have taken place over the three movies, it may have been better off. I'll let you guys hash that out if you want to about the last Jedi. <laughs> let's talk about the game awards. Will? No. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. All the big announcements at the 2020 game awards. Will, did you watch this at all? I didn't. All right. Well, let's just go through it. There's a new perfect dark game coming out. Which was surprising as fuck for me. I wasn't expecting that shit to happen at all. But there you go. New Perfect Dark game coming. Sephiroth, famed Final Fantasy VII villain, is coming to Smash. Let me smash. And he will he will let everybody smash. He's going to smash everybody. And I'm excited. The trailer they showed off for that was awesome. So that was cool. All right, let's tie it back into fucking Halo, shall we? Master Chief's in Fortnite. It's official. Master Chief is there. You can get him right now. You can get a skin, or two skins, really, and the other items. And there's a creator map, which is Blood Gulch, and you can play CTF on it. So. There you go. Bioware showed a brief Dragon Age 4 cinematic. Dragon Age still in development coming out. Who the fuck knows when? But hey, maybe it'll be good. But speaking of Bioware, ladies and gentlemen, we finally got a tease for the next Mass Effect game. And uh, I'd be lying if I said that that little teaser that they gave did not give me goosebumps because it did. Just the music and the atmosphere and everything. It didn't show anything. Let's be real here. Besides like the return of things, but it was, it's just exciting. It's just exciting to see hopefully something not along the lines of Andromeda <laughs> in terms of that franchise, because Andromeda was not a good video game. Um, Dead Space's creator is making a new sci-fi horror game called The Callisto Protocol. And they, I think, yeah, so this, this is a quote. Glenn uh, Schofield, creator and executive producer of Dead Space, said he wants to make, quote, the single most scariest game, end quote, for PC and consoles. I doubt that's going to be the case here. Usually action horror games are not inherently terrifying. But hey, give it your best shot. Okay, something I never thought I'd see ever, and and something that I like I didn't understand. Will, did you know that Ark is huge? Like the video game Ark. 
Not really. Okay, so you know what Ark is, though. Yeah, it's like a survival game, right? Sur- with the dinosaurs exactly, and whatnot. Exactly. Survival game with dinosaurs. Perfect synopsis of that video game. Well, Ark Survival Evolved is getting a sequel. It's called Ark 2, and it stars Vin Diesel. All right. Does he have his, uh, his, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's all about family. Will. it's all about family. It's all about family. You know, it, and he's got to have his Dodge charger. It doesn't matter if you, if you win by an inch or by a mile winnings winning the studio behind gone home and Tacoma announced their new game called open roads. Looks interesting. Season is a serene-looking bicycle road trip game. I'm reading all this from this Kotaku article. Also, I should say who this is by. This is by Nathan Grayson over at Kotaku, so thank you, Nathan. Let's keep going. Okay, Road 96 is another road trip game. Original Left 4 Dead studio Turtle Rock showed off its new zombie game called Back for Blood, which is literally Left 4 Dead 3 without being called Left 4 Dead 3. <laughs> um, so that that is a thing that is going to exist. Disco Elysium is getting a final cut update and it's free to all existing owners of the game. And they're going to be releasing like a definitive edition as well for those who don't have it. So pretty fucking cool. Among Us is getting a new map set on an airship. Coming in early 2021, it'll include all new tasks. Your choice of what room to start in, ladders, and more. A new Evil Dead game is coming out next year. We'll see if that even gets to be remotely decent. Century Age of Ashes is a dragon combat game. And according to Nathan, and based off what it looks like from the trailer, it looks like Panzer Dragoon, but on multiplayer dogfight style combat. So dragon v dragon, bitch. Looked interesting, but PS exclusive. Are you talking about the Evil Dead game? Potentially. And if anything, I, I imagine it'll be like a year exclusive thing because that's what they're always fucking doing now. Returnal, which is a PlayStation exclusive, releases in March. And they showed off a new trailer. So there's that. They can't call it Left 4 Dead because Valve owns the rights. Abs- that's what I'm saying. It's like it's literally Left 4 Dead 3, except it's not. It can't. It, it is, but it isn't. Okay. This is probably my biggest... The thing I was most excited about because I can't believe it's even a thing that's happening. Super Meat Boy Forever is coming out in less than two fucking weeks. They they had been pushing this back time and time again. And the other hilarious thing to me is that they did I believe they came out and said that it'll be up be out by before the end of the year. But they never put a date on it. And now they finally have it. December twenty-third. And it's coming to the Epic Game Store, not on other platforms. There you go. 
Fall Guys third season is coming even sooner than that. December 15th. So Tuesday. Christmas stuff, Will. Ooh. Got Christmas shit. Yakuza on PC. All the Yakuza games are coming to PC. Fist is a game about a bunny with a giant arm. I didn't even watch that trailer. Evil West is an occult cowboy shooter. I think I saw that trailer. Ruined King, the first single-player League of Legends game, got a trailer. It's got uh, turn-based combat, stuff like that. little RPG action going on there. Evil West is what you're interested in? Let me pull this up. I'm just going to mute it, obviously. Is there gameplay? It says, you're a cowboy. You shoot vampires, you know, like all cowboys used to. Oh, that's right. I see that now. Cool. That's a thing that exists. The Elder Scrolls Online is headed to Oblivion. The Gates of Oblivion hit uh, teaser trailer was shown off. Weapons from Epic's Unreal Tournament series are coming to Warframe. And that's it. And then obviously games won awards. Uh, Game of the year went to The Last of Us Part 2. That was obviously the biggest one. Um, Among Us won a couple awards as well, which was big. Yeah. Good shit all around. Valkyrie from 100 Thieves got streamer of the year, I believe. She did. She did. Congratulations to her. Yeah, I thought it was a really good show. It was better than last year's. Like, way better. From the first, like, 15, 20 minutes, it was better than last year's. That's it for the entertainment corner of Cod and Other Games Watch. Will, are you ready? God, ah, man, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Will's Adventures Within the Cyberverse. In our games, too. Will, what'd you play last week? All right. We'll start out on Tuesday. Played some Halo 5. Ooh. We did not do the community play date. I wasn't feeling well at all. Yeah. Um, I hopped on a little later and hopped on Halo 5. They had the arena XP boost for sale in the store. So I spent all my rec points getting the legendary XP boost. Right. And played like three games. And I was like, yeah, yep, yep. That's about it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And you're filling that one. Cool. Yep. Unfortunately, like part of me is like, okay, we have a year to grind for 152 again. Cool. Um, and then I start and I'm like, yeah, I remember why I stopped. <laughs> it's a, it's just too much. It's too much. I have it's other games I want to play. It's a lot. So then Wednesday, uh, we're getting ready for, uh, Wednesday's BJ's and, uh, <laughs> Yes, I love that you're leaning into it now. Fuck yeah. yeah. I got to because you just Wednesday's keep calling it that. BJ's. Um, we're getting ready to play some The King. And you're like, Cyberpunk released early today. I'm like, what? And you're like, yeah, it's like out now. So I installed it while we were playing for The King. It released uh, at by like the way, 5 to 6 p.m. Central on Wednesday. Which was just strange. But anyway... We played for the king. Yes. We moved forward in our story. Yes. Uh, 
Jordan died once <laughs> because we kept moving away from him and he kept getting in encounters. It was so funny. Anytime that we would move like just a space or two ahead of him and he'd have to catch up like that space, he would get a random encounter. Yeah. So and he's an uh, herbalist, so he doesn't have like a lot of armor. Yeah. He's an herbalist, so he's just out by his lonesome. It was so funny. Uh, <laughs> so funny. Any, it was any, every time that you would move in the wrong direction, he would die. <laughs> you know, I'm a dumb woodcutter. What do you expect? I'm just going to walk around and do what I want to do. Um, I think he's talking about me. I mean, both of I, us. I was going the wrong way. You moved the wrong way, and then it, it was my turn. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go with Josh. <laughs> I love Jordan. And then we'd fuck over Jordan every single time. Uh, that game is yeah. awesome. Game's still tons of fun, though. It really is. Really enjoyable. Um, I'm excited to see where we go in that one and what like the, the end game's going to be because we haven't really been running it. Like, each section we were in in the previous campaign had like different things. Poison, fire. But this is set in the frost setting and not we haven't really been experiencing the sections like we did in the first campaign. So Right. And we don't have to I'm deal with the chaos this time either. But yeah, we do have to are, deal with were... nagging frost damage. And the freaking leprechaun that stole both of my armor and my sword. Like, what a bitch. What a fucking bitch. <laughs> that, was, that was fucking funny, too. That was really fucking funny, too. Like, oh, is Will going to get something, is something cool here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yep. Oh my god. Annoying. But anyway, so after For the King, we were done. We are like, yep, we're going to go do whatever. Uh, I believe both you and I fired up Cyberpunk right after. We did. We did. Cyberpunk um, 2077 is out into the wild. Yep. So, whew, where do we start? Hold on, Will. Give me one second. I played some Destiny 2 and some also For the King. De okay, it's cyberpunk talk time. Let's go. Okay. Uh... Wait, before you go again, I'm sorry. For those listening to the audio version of this show, for those who are watching live right now, for those watching the VOD, wherever you are, if you're listening or watching the show, just know right now there are potential spoilers that are going to be taking place for cyberpunk. Please know that they are not going to be story spoilers, like main story spoilers Unless it has to do with the first two missions of the game. What that means is the heist mission where you eventually see the title card for the game and before that. So again, like basically the first two missions of the actual story mode of the game. So you have been warned. You don't want to hear anything about cyberpunk or impressions of the game so far. Uh, fuck if I know when you're going to have to skip to, but here we go. Take it away. Will. what do you, what do you got? All right, so for me, the game gets better and better the more I play. But I want to start off because we're, let's just, <laughs> I'm sorry. So just Joshua in chat says, I'm a dip just in case. And on the corner of my computer, just Joshua is now playing Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> it, awesome. The game will do that to people, you know? It will. It will. Um. All right, so I started at Pick Nomad as my okay. character. I believe you went with Corpo. I did. I picked Corpo. So I'm curious, did your game, how, like, 
how did your game start? Because for me, go ahead. I I was like in a garage. Yep. Did you were you the same? Did nope. it start the same for you? Okay. I was in, I was in one of the corporate buildings, um, and uh, I was going to see my boss basically. Okay. So. As a nomad, you know, you live on the outskirts of the city, not in the city limits, really. Yep. Um, so mine started out, and I don't, do, you, do you want me to talk about this? Because I don't know if you're going to play a nomad sure. at one point. Or... I, I can already tell you I'm pretty damn sure it's not going to matter cons- uh, besides dialogue choices because yes. the second mission of the game is the same for literally everybody. Right. So my question to you is before you continue – are you friends with Jackie at this point? When I start? Yep. When you start no. the game. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Dave says, stealth is the worst experience in this game. Just wanted to say. Funny you say that. I've had the complete opposite experience. I've had pretty horrible stealth experiences. I've had some great stealth experiences so far. Um, go ahead, Will. But anyway, I start out and I'm like, my car has broken down. I am in a garage trying to you know, talk to someone about fixing it, right? So um, you already have a car at this point. Yes. Uh, go ahead. Continue. I'm, I'm, yeah, go ahead. I'm not going to talk anymore. Go ahead. Okay. You are, so you're in this garage and you're getting your car ready to go. And like the garage door opens up and a police officer walks in. Mm-hmm. And you get like, he's trying to strong arm you because you're not in, like, you're in his town and all this and whatever. Um, if you guys unlock the knife anyway. stealth kill, you have to re-equip a knife every time you throw it. Every time you throw it. Oh, I didn't, I didn't unlock the knife throwing skill. I don't care about that cool skill. But yeah. Um, so anyway, you have to like, basically you're sent to... Um, you have to repair like a, you have to jack into a radio tower to be able to find a signal to where you need to go, which then leads me to Jackie. Okay. Right. He's in like a broken down trailer and our job is to smuggle something into the city. Okay. So we get the, we, we get to where the, um, so I, I have to pick up Jackie. We have to go to another spot to pick up the container and you know, obviously, there's dialogue choices along the way. So, are you and are you friends with Jackie at this point? Do you guys know each other? Or this is, is it... the first like this is the first time we've met and we're becoming acquaintances. Wow. Okay, so mine was definitely different. Good. Okay. Okay. So, um, you you smuggle you you go to this like the you know the border patrol basically. Mm-hmm. You pay off the border agent to let you in with smuggled items, but you get you basically end up in a chase with, you know, they figure out you're doing something wrong. Uh, you end up in a chase and then you end up like, so you said, Oh, you start with the car. You end up crashing. the car. Oh, uh, will you're, you're having some. Oh yeah. Am I, you're, you're cutting in and out every now and again. How about now? Am I good? Yep. Right now you are. Yep. Yeah. I saw that too. Okay. Um, so where did I leave off? I guess, uh, you crashed your car. Yeah. So I, you said 
you asked me if I started off with a car or yes. like, oh, you started with a car. Yep. You crashed the car. Okay. Um, you end up going to, um, like, I don't know. It goes into like a scene where, you know, it's like over the next six months, you're like partying it up with Jackie. And yeah, all yeah, this. yeah. Okay. So we have the, sa- the same scene there and then you have okay. a car. And then, yeah. Okay. And then you have that car that you know, was shown in the scenes. Throughout. Yes. Yep. And so, then that's, that's basically the intro and you know the rest. Okay. So yeah, you basically take it from there and then you can choose different scenarios, so on and so forth based off getting the bot and all that stuff, working yes. with individuals, blowing people off if you want to, so on and so forth. Okay. Correct. So for me, um, so I chose Corpo, like Will mentioned, and what happens is you start off as a employee of a major corporation um, and I'm going to talk to my boss. And my boss is like, Hey, you need to go do this thing for me. And at first you're reluctant. You're like, well, what the fuck? If I get caught, then it's on my ass and I'm taking your ass down with me. And is basically just went back and forth. He's like, all right, fuck it. I'll do it. Jackie and I are already friends. Um, to the point where we're already like, I believe we've already been talking to one another. Oh, you know, wait, are we shit? I thought we were, maybe I'm, maybe we're not. No, I think we are. I, oh my God, we might not be shit. I might just be misremembering, <laughs> but like it's the, the intro was so, uh, uncircumstantial because it does just lead you right into the same exact path that everybody else is taking. The one thing sure. that I've noticed is that while my, so the dialogue choices of the career path that you chose, right? The life path that you chose, those dialogue choices don't influence the outcome of the scenario that you're in. It's the skills that you have that influence that. So like, but as a corpo, so when you go meet the Militech bitch for the first time, right? Yeah. And she basically, like you basically get blindsided and they're going to, and she's like going to have her person kill you. You know, I was able to use, now again, this does not influence what happens, but you're, I I was able to use one of my dialogue choices as no, I know exactly the situation that you're in because my boss basically put you in that situation. So either you help me or you're fucked. And she's like, how the fuck do you know that? And like, and was doing some, some of that, you know? Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of cool that depending upon what you say, there's different things that are repeated back to you, but it doesn't, again, doesn't change the outcome, What changes the outcome or where your skills are put into. Um, so I, I've been able to, Oh, what was it? Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump into a story spoiler here for a second. Um, because I, I put some points into hacking and whatnot, when you have the bot and you're in the, and you're in the tower, right. And you're trying to go steal the thing, trying to be as vague as possible here. There's a net runner that is hardwired into their network. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you fuck up, that person's going to try to fuck you up. Now, I don't know what happens if you do fuck up. If that person comes after you, I literally don't know because I think it's all predetermined, but 
I had a high enough skill where I was able to hack him with, or I was able to keep him at bay with the bot. Were you able to do the same thing? You know, I'm. <sighs> you are further along than me. When right. you when you control the bot and you have to go through the vents. Yeah. Uh, there's a room that has the net runner in the chair, like sitting back like this. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you're able to like put the bot on him. Yeah, I was able to do that. Okay, so that and I believe that is a skill check, if I'm not mistaken. I think I saw the number at the bottom, just to signify whether or not you can do it. Um, gotcha. But there's there's cool things like that, that that may or may not influence what's actually going on, and then there's cool dialogue options that you can pick depending upon whether or not you have the skill check necessary. So I like how they did that. Um, but yeah, besides besides that very very small introduction mission, everything else is the fucking same so far is what it seems like. Um. Yeah, I know. I saw it too. Um, what else was what else was I going to say? The thing that I didn't like. Okay. So you were a nomad, or you are a nomad. Yes. You were coming into the city for the first time. With me and my life path, V, v is his own character, his or her own character. You are not creating your own V. V is an established character. So V already knows or doesn't know things depending upon the life path that you chose. Since I chose Corpo, when locations were being talked about, when I'm going on missions and side missions, blah, 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 he states like, oh, I already know about that place or oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking to myself, but I don't fucking know shit. What are you talking about? So... Part of me is, now this isn't a fault, like this is just how the game is. There's different life paths for a reason, right? But something I didn't really care for is that picking Corpo, you're literally just thrown into the city, straight up. And I don't know any fucking thing that's going on. Like, and when you open your map for the first time and you look at everything on the map for the first time, holy shit. That thing is dense. And it just, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing because there's a lot of stuff to do in the game. It's just, it just took me back a second. I'm like, Oh, I feel like I'm being thrown a lot right now. And even for me, it felt like a lot. Um, but yeah, you can go ahead and take it back. Will. I just want to put that in there. Oh, uh, sure. Um, I guess I don't want to root too much of the story. So, of what you like what you're saying but um i've been doing a lot of side missions a lot of the main story um it is overwhelming to be honest at times looking at everything you can do that's what um, it felt and like. that's kind of like the you know you have the freedom of choice you can continue on or you can do these things around the city depending or um i have a i guess we'll talk oh i'm I'm going in and out, Josh. No, you're fine right now. Okay. Yep. Um, the, um, so like with the stealing the bot mission. Yes. So, you know, you get the data chip. Yep. From Meredith. I wiped Corpo. it. I wiped it. So you, so you wiped it clean. I wiped the virus off of it. 
okay. This is what, what was it? How did your, um, how did it end for you? So I went in again, this is story of spoilers, everybody. So this is literally yes. going to be talking about a main story mission that takes place. This is the very beginning of the game. Um, so I got the data chip and I remember, so I was influenced in this. Okay. I remember during a gameplay demo, them showing this mission off yeah, and things going awry. And so when I saw, when I got the data chip and like, I didn't get killed or anything after getting the chip and I'm thinking to myself, well, I actually, I actually went by a lot better than I thought it was going to I'm like, okay. Then the option popped up, uh, wipe the virus off the data chip. I'm like, what? I didn't know I could do that. I'm like, I wonder because I remember from the gameplay demo that they showed that if you bring it in there and it has the virus on there, they find it and things go badly. Or at least I remember them going badly in that thing that they showed. So I'm like, I, I wonder how will, Hmm. Is I can definitely see things going to hell anyway, because they're the maelstrom and they're assholes, but let's just see. So I, I took the virus off. And I booked it over there, um, went in, the guy comes out and he's fucking angry as shit. And I'm like, oh my God, here we go. Just use one of my dialogue options to like shut him up. And then they're like, how are you paying for it? And it even gives you the option to pay with your own credits if you have the amount necessary. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I definitely don't have the amount necessary. So I'm definitely paying with this Miltech chip. Fuck you. So I gave him the chip gives it to the, what I would imagine to be a net runner or whatever that person was in the chair to scan it. And he comes back. He's like, it's clean. And I'm like, okay. So he takes the chip. I'm like, are we done here? And he goes, all right, take your shit and get out. I'm like, Oh, fuck it. Okay, dude, I'm out. Thanks man. This is great. Then, um, Militech showed up. And started blowing the place to bits. But the uh, the Maelstrom, I believe that was the, the gang. I believe that's who they are. They were on my side. And I fought alongside them to get out of there. Oh. And then at the very end, um, that dude that was being held at gunpoint when you went to go visit the bitch. Yep. Uh, he was there. And he's like, hey... Yeah, and and my, he's like, why the fuck do you help me? Like to V, he's you know, like V's like, why the fuck do you? What are you doing? Um, and he's like, we have we have mutual interests. Meredith's an asshole, I believe that's her name. And that was the end of that mission, basically, is that I got to fight with the maelstrom <laughs> out of that building. And that was that. So here's where I'm curious because, um. I did not wipe the virus and I, I purposely did that. Okay. Um, so down the, like, this is where down the road things can change for us. Potentially. Um, yeah. Potentially. Well, I won't. Oh, I won't you've already, anything. you've already experienced something that could happen. Well, I, let's just say I've already had an encounter with Meredith, which you, you probably won't now because or I, or I might it just side. goes bad. Ah, uh, this encounter probably you won't. Oh, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> let's just say you meet Meredith at a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, uh, that was the mission. I didn't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what, you just going so, up for a drink? You just fucking shooting you, the shit for a while, right? That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. That's it. Um. <laughs> Games rated E for everyone, ladies and gentlemen. That's <laughs> E for, it's rated EF. Everybody fucks. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. So you're right. I probably will not have that conversation with that individual. Did you free brick, Josh? Did I free brick? I couldn't. I tried. I couldn't figure out how. What? Brick was being held captive by the gang when you were in their warehouse. Oh. I don't think you had the option because you were on their side. They had brick captive. Wait, I thought. Wait, wait, wait. Wasn't brick the previous leader? Yeah. I thought they killed him. They did not. They had him. What's up, Scotcher? Oh, Ooh. I thought he was dead. Anyway. They said he was, they said he killed him. They literally said in like every piece that he killed him. That it was, there was a, there was a, uh, a, what the fuck was it? Um, there was a scuffle between the two and, uh, what's his face took him out in cold blood. So am I missing something here? Because that's, I'm telling you, man, that's what I thought happened. Has the clip showed on already passed this weekend? Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen anything on it. Scottrick. Personally, I haven't seen anything on it. Um, well, it says a react during the season two championships. Wasn't that yesterday? No, it was. So it looks like, yes, it is over at this point. You can free brick and save the other guy, the dickhead. I didn't fucking see anything. I was literally told that brick was dead. Oh, they have him in a chair with a landmine attached to him. He's not, he wasn't, he's probably dead now. I didn't see him at all. <laughs> I didn't see him at all. That's so weird. I'll look into it further, but no. And that might have been because of you. I'm wondering if that's because of your choice to cooperate with the gang that you did not get to see the brick in that mission. I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. I'm so excited. Clearly, there there might be a lot more shit going on than we we know about, so. Right. Well, that's, uh, I was watching some videos on the game and people were saying that, that, you know, your slight decisions like that could have, uh, it's like the, the, the butterfly or ripple effect that yeah. down the road, things might not even be available to you that are available to other players or, you know, depending on what you do, then you, you're never going to know the difference. I'll look this up. <laughs> oh. He's not been killed, although the in-game dialogue says he has. There you go. So I was right. We were both right. The in-game dialogue and everything states that he is. But yeah, he is yeah. Not. They tell you, but he—they're lying. Yep. They're straight up lying to you. Well, all right. No, I did not. Did not save him. Does he become a buddy? 
Well, if he's the leader of the gang and he kind of takes back over his gang, it might be like they're more on your side. Oh, my God. I wonder, though. I wonder if you save. Wait a second. I wonder how this all plays out, though, because if you save him. If you're. If you're able to save him before you talk about the chip and whatnot, right? Jackie already paid him. We know Dex already paid him. No, I don't think it's an option to save because my option to save him was later. Oh, after the encounter. I was going to say, because like, if you could have kept all those credits for yourself. Or maybe he gives them back to you since they, you know, something could have happened. I don't know. That would have been so fucking cool thinking about it now. Like if you, if you were able to save him, like if you were able to sneak in, save him ahead of time and then like bust through the door with him right next to you and be like, guess who's back bitch. And then you light him up and then you have a conversation after the fact, man, if that doesn't happen, that would be amazing. Fuck. I'm just, I'm really excited for all the little things in this game and that's it. Like I get so lost in it. Like, I don't even realize Oh, like, how long I've been playing or what I'm doing. That This is the first game in a while that's made me feel like that, too. Where I will, I will literally do a side mission for what feels like five minutes, but it's really a half hour to 45. And I'll look down and I'll be like, what the fuck? And they're, they're not extravagant side missions that I'm doing. It's just, I'm just taking my time trying to be stealthy or just taking it all in and... Okay. Looking for shit, but yeah, that game. Speaking of, there's that, that's the thing D- density. The game is very dense, not just in things to do, but in things around you. Oh yeah, like little thing, uh, uh, just things that you can junk that you can pick up and sell. Um, the the density in the environments themselves and things that are all around you. It it the there there are other characters. Very, 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 very side characters that you can go like when you're doing a side mission and you'll just happen across them and they'll give you further like information about what you're actually doing there or what's gone Mm -hmm. down in that situation. Right. It's, it's the little details like that, which keep you invested, which keep you involved, which keep you intrigued into the whole game. And that, that the game, and yet we haven't even talked about bugs or any or performance, which will I, I know you're going to talk about. It's the the game does a lot right, and I we're, will and I were talking about this before we started recording the show. This game is not to me. This game is not something incredibly. Now I'll say not yet because I haven't I haven't played through obviously everything this game has to offer yet. But as of right now, my first impressions are this game is not something that is revolutionary in the sense that The Witcher 3 was at that time. If you go back and you look at The Witcher 3, which, again, had a lot of performance issues on launch, took a long time for everything to get fixed, so on and so forth. That game... What's up, Bobski? That game... Um, we Also, that regardless of that command that you use, we've been live for just over two hours. Um, thank you, Dave. So that game was revolutionary at the time in storytelling and just sheer breadth of content that is included within it. And 
how it wasn't incredibly handholdy in the way that your actions speak throughout the the journey as well. And we know we're going to get those things in cyberpunk. It's just this game right now doesn't feel like that quantum leap. And I'm not saying it has to be, it doesn't have to be at all. Um, I just think people were, I think a lot of people out there were like thinking this was going to be the greatest thing ever in entertainment and video game entertainment. And for a lot, for people, it will be for some people it will be. Um, but for a lot of others, I think people need to get their expectations in check. This is just based off again. This is just based off my, my arguably short time with the game thus far. And this is coming from somebody who is genuinely enjoying it. Like I, I really, really heavily enjoy this game so far. Um, Will, do you want to talk about performance? Oh yeah. Um, so I still have a 1060 in my PC and honestly, it wasn't great performance wise. I could get 20 to 40 frames depending on where I was. Okay. Um, so I really wasn't happy with it. That was the first night of trial with the game. Um, I switched over to GeForce now, which is a service where they basically do some of that processing for you on the back end. And it has significantly, significantly improved my experience. Hashtag not an ad. Um, you're playing, just, you are playing the game on NVIDIA servers. So you're playing yes. via the cloud. Right. Um, the only issue I've really had with like lag or, you know, kind of weird things going on is there are times where I'm walking and like I run into something that I should be e like, should easily have moved around. And the game will like stutter for a second and then I'm all of a sudden up here. I'm moving. So um, there's a little bit of that and there's a little bit of lag when driving. Uh, if I've stolen a few cars that move a little too fast for the servers and I could like, I could see like the taillights, like almost like a ghosting effect okay. behind the car of where my car, like, you know, the server's pinging the car, but I'm actually up here. So it's this weird like thing. Um, waiting for that, that 3080, man. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, um, I'm it's, it's been fine on the GeForce now servers. Everything else has been fine. I'm getting no normal frames. I'd say there's no frame counter, unfortunately for GeForce now, but compared to what I was seeing, uh, like texture wise and frame wise, significant improvement on GeForce now. And it makes the game like it, the game was unbearable without it. Like I could not move around. I couldn't shoot. Um, like I would be aiming at someone and I'd shoot. And then all of a sudden, like, where those bullets go, you know, like, right. what, so GeForce now has made the game tolerable for me. It could performance could be a lot better. I do have an outdated graphics card at this point though. So, okay. Um, any, any bugs, if anybody knows someone getting rid of a 3080 anytime soon, <laughs> any bugs or any anomalies that you've run into. So with not before I got on GeForce now, the first night, um, so I told you I was out in the like outskirts of the city. Yep. Right. And there's like trees out in the distance in these like badlands. All the foliage was like highlighted and very present. So even like if I was standing in that garage, I could see all the foliage outside and it like just disrupted my vision. And that happened throughout the whole game. Even when I got into the city, little planters in boxes in the city were highlighted. That's like bright and weird bright yellow outlines okay. and second day I, you know, so uh, obviously the second day I, that went away, 
second That's day of good. playing. Um, if you get your vehicle stuck, if you have, um, I currently have a motorcycle and, okay. um, there was a point where like I drove up a set of stairs and landed on a railing and my vehicle was just like teetering on the, on the railing. There's no way to like shift your weight to make your vehicle move back and forth. If that happens and you get your vehicle stuck, you also cannot get off your vehicle. So therefore you are just stuck. I had to reload the last save checkpoint or wherever, you know, last save point. So <laughs> that's a bug uh, or maybe not a bug, but more maybe an oversight. Because, like, there were technically, like, I was on that railing. There was nothing for my player to step down to or step onto. So, like, it was like, no, you can't get off your vehicle right now. And, uh, yeah, so I got, I got stuck for a little bit. Jesus um, Christ. Bugs. I guess I... Oh, like, I've... There's so much in the game, too. Like, there's been times where, like, I go to talk to someone, and they have an item in their hand. And they start like animating and talking, but that item doesn't move with their hand. It like sometimes will like just be like floating next to them and then like their hand will move up, but then the item is down below and that moves up. And then it's like, um, sometimes like if so, the soul, I had this one case where a person was sitting at a desk and that item that was floating below their hand was hitting things and moving things off their desk. And it was kind of hilarious, right? Cause yeah. it's like, that's not supposed to happen. Yeah. But basically this person is just like wiping their desk clean while they were talking to me. And I was like, Okay. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, I think those are the really only bugs I've experienced. Okay. What about yourself? I experienced one T-pose so far, and this was, uh, this was when V, my character, was driving. Um, it, it happened for, like, a, a, just, a, just a second, but, like, when I was, when I was going from under a bridge, like, up and over, uh, V did a T-pose in the car, and then that disappeared. Um, I had an instance of where uh, uh, an enemy phased through a wall. Oh. Like, just literally phased into a building. Like, I just <laughs> saw him, and he's like, whoop. Like, all right, cool. You have fun in there. Could never find him again, so he was just stuck in the wall. I, speaking of that, yeah, I did have an, uh, uh, I don't think, it, I don't know if it was a bug, but I was in an apartment building. Okay. And, um, there were, I was supposed to be fighting enemies and I could hear them yelling. I couldn't find them anywhere. They spawned outside the apartment building on the ground floor. So I had to like run all the way down Jesus three levels Christ. of an apartment building to go kill these guys. So that might've been a bug, so to speak of, because they were probably supposed to be in the building. Right. But, makes sense. Um, yeah. what else? Um, I've experienced So have you ever... So the game's physics are a little weird where, um, so Dave mentioned that he has not had great opportunities with the stealth in this game. Yeah. Um, so I, I've had a lot better experiences with stealth in the game so far. And the thing that I have come to love about the encounters in, in like the side missions, at least is the amount of different opportunities for ways that you can complete them. So, there was just for an example, there was a side, there's a side mission about, um, have you met a monk yet? Will? I don't know if I have. Okay. So this, this is insignificant, but I'm just going to talk about, so again, spoiler warning here, there's a side mission where you go meet a monk. Um, 
and he is cybernetically enhanced against his will. Uh, the maelstrom took him and we're like, Hey, we're going to fucking, we're doing this to you, whether you like it or not. So fuck you. And so he was taken against his will and he was cybernetically implanted in as a monk. He didn't want that at all. He stood against it. Turns out his brother was about to be in the process of that happening to him too. But his, his brother was held captive, was being held captive in a nearby like warehouse. And he's like, Hey, can you go, can you please try to go save my brother? And if possible, try to do it with no bloodshed. Cause again, he's a monk. I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And I, I like playing stealthy anyway. So in this warehouse, there were a lot of, there were a lot of crates, like a lot of uh, shipment crates around. This was near a dock, by the way. And what I was able to do, and I was an idiot, and I didn't even think about this. Like, honestly, this is so weird. I didn't even think about this, but your character can clamber. Like your character can climb up stuff, not just ladders, but other items too. So I just tried going up to one of the crates and because it looked like a, it looked like a height where I could, I can grab that and climb up. Right. It's a video game. And I did it. And I'm like, Oh my God. So just, it's such a stupid thing to think that like, Oh, you, that you can do this. You can. So I climbed up the crates, went in there and scanned the area, pinged it. So I saw all the enemies in the area and there were four of them. Um, one of them was just outside, which obviously I didn't see at first because I climbed up the crates and went in from the inside. Um, and so I incapacitated the, because you have an option to incapacitate, you don't have to kill when you grab somebody. So I incapacitated the two by the monk. And then I went through the crate towards the outside to get the one that was standing outside. And then the monk, now I don't, I don't think I got anything special for doing it the way that they wanted to which is kind of stupid, but, um, I did get like a slight extra piece of dialogue from the, from the brother that was being held captive. And he's like, well, thank you very much for saving me. And also thank you for not killing anybody. And I'm like, Hey, not a problem, man. Your brother's fucking waiting for you outside. He's like, I'll be out in a minute. I'm like, all right, cool. But it's just the, the stealth mechanics in that game, while not perfect by any means necessary, I've had instances where I've walked up on somebody behind them and I wasn't able to grab them and not because mm-hmm. they're more powerful than me, but just literally the prompt didn't come up. And then I've had it to where they've turned around on me and it's like, well, fuck now I'm screwed. But I've also come to realize that the AI in that game is pretty fucking stupid to a point where if I get, if you get spotted and you just run out the front door and you go around a corner more more often than not, actually, I would say at least 90% of the time I did this, they wouldn't follow me. They would just look in their little area and then they'd be on alert. But you can easily go back in and sneak through if you want. So, like I said, I've had I've had instances where it's worked out better for me. Uh, Dave says, I have two soft locks, one with Johnny on the tower where it didn't trigger us landing, and two when you're getting into the elevator with Jackie. The enemy with the code spawned two times on reload and it wouldn't give me the code for the elevator. Oh no. I have, I have yet to have a soft lock or a hard crash. Um, I did have some visual bugs though, where like when you get a new item, it'll pop up where it's like new item received or whatever. Yeah. Well, they also have uh, contextual like windows that appear like when you hover over something, right? 
where yeah. it gives you information on a weapon or an armor or whatever. I had a weapon prompt never go away. Like it just, oh. and it took up a good portion of the right side of the screen where it would just show us the stats and whatnot of the weapon and it just wouldn't go away. So, but, but, uh, closing and reopening caused that to go away. So again, it wasn't a soft lock or a hard crash, but it was a visual bug that did take up a good amount of the screen. Um, oh, go ahead. That reminds me, I did get stuck in scanning mode once. Really? Like you, you press the button to go into your scanner. Yeah. And, um, after like I pressed it to come out of it, I stayed in the scanner and I could only like slow walk. Oh, fuck. So, yeah. I just, I just had to reset, but another bug that, yeah, that reminded me of that's shitty. Um, but yeah, for those, I want to put things into context here. The game was delayed multiple times. COVID is a thing that is still happening. They, there were a huge amount of problems that they had to deal with to get this game out. And for those who don't remember when the Witcher three released, the Witcher three was a buggy mess as well. Okay. These things will get fixed. Some have already been fixed. It's only going to get better. And believe it or not, performance is only going to get better as well because now granted, I would not recommend playing this game on an original PlayStation four an original Xbox one an Xbox one S one X or PS four pro. I just would not. If you have a new console, like an Xbox Series S or X or PS5, you can get nearly a locked 30 FPS. Okay? So, and considering this is a single player, not super high action video game, like not Twitch shooter a video game, playing at 30 FPS, that can be fine. So if you have a new console, go ahead. The the performance after this recent update has been better. And it's more of a smooth, almost locked 30 FPS. So there's that. And then also there is a performance mode, if I'm not mistaken, which tries to get you to 60. It is not locked, but it does a decent job of getting damn near 60 FPS as well. So... There's an option for you. But if you have a base console, you're getting what like you had Will with the 1060. You're getting those levels of performance the whole game. Um But yeah, the other thing is I've been watching a lot of videos on this game is that ray tracing, at least to my eye, now to other people out there, this can be huge and you may enjoy it a lot more, but to my eye, I did not notice that much of a difference at all. And I'd have to be really, really paying attention in order to notice it. And I don't know if that's just because of my eyes. I don't know if that's uh, as praise to the developers of this game to make it so the lighting is just already good because it is already good. But yeah, I'm still tinkering, tinkering around with settings, but... um. I usually, yeah, I usually play it. I usually play it the ray traced medium settings, or I play it ultra with no ray tracing. One of the two. And then obviously I turn film grain off because fuck that. I turn chromatic aberration off because fuck that. And I turn off motion blur because fuck that. But who knows? Um, so you said you've been stealing cars. 
Yes. I have yet to do that. You know why? Why? You can call your car at any time you want. Just like you can call your horse in other video games, you can call your car and your car will drive to you. Like it'll fast travel to you at any time. And I, I didn't even think about taking another person's car yet. And that's like the (laughs) fucking, like when you look at this game and it's fucking dirty ass city and whatnot, you're like, fuck yeah, I'm going to fuck you. I'm taking your car. I've not done it yet. Yeah. Um, it does test your strength. Jordan um, says, so if, you, if you steal a car, you can't call that one. You can't save a stolen car from what I've heard. Right. Okay. Yes, yeah. you can't. It's, it's like GTA. You can't put a stolen car in your... Wait, you can put a stolen car in your garage. You it can. saves in GTA. You can. But, <laughs> fuck, what, what game am I thinking of? There's other games out there. Sure. Oh, no, not I GTA, like GTA Online. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. GTA yeah. Online. You can't take another player's car. Keep it for yeah, your own. So, so you can steal, like I've stolen a few like really fast cars, like a few Lamborghini looking cars. Shit. Just because they're, you know, they're faster than what I have. Yeah. So. Um, Are they furious? Of, oh, always furious. <laughs> um, some of them, like the, so like turning depends on the car too. Like not only speed, but the, tur- the way the car turns. Can I just say I fucking hate how V's car turns? It's, it yeah, also it's like takes forever to stop. Yep. They all do. It's, it's momentum. Like they actually God. did. Like if you're at a hundred miles an hour, you can't slam on the brakes and stop in two seconds. Right. The one thing that the GPS kind of sucks Agreed. because it's not like you, like it's like you're going, going, going. And all of a sudden it's like, here's a turn and you don't have enough time to slow down. Those who say, I'm just going to put a blanket statement out there. Those who say that the driving is good in cyberpunk dude. No. The driving is not amazing in this game whatsoever. To me. It's not it's it's not arcadey, but it's it's its own thing. Right, but it's not like a lot of people complain about GTA four. And GTA four's driving model. Every car felt like a boat in that game. Uh-huh. GTA five fixed a lot of those problems. Uh this feels like a step back towards GTA four territory. To me. It just it just doesn't feel responsive enough. And again, I've only driven V's car, okay? Like, I haven't driven a motorcycle, another car, anything like that, but it just doesn't feel amazing. Right. I can agree. It doesn't feel... Because it's like... It's it's not like when you... So, like, I think it's like when you're pressing the button. It's not like you're just cranking the wheel. It's like a slow turn. Yeah. Yeah. When you're trying to turn on a dime, he ain't fucking turned on a dime. No way. And, and it's almost like you, you slow turn until you finally reach a point and then you're like, okay. <laughs> That's exactly what it feels like. It just doesn't feel responsive to me. Yeah. Oh man. Um, but cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. It's a game. It is a video game and it plays like a video game, which is a good thing, by the way. Um, any closing thoughts on the game before we basically close up the show at this point? No, that's about it. All right. Um, yeah. Game's fun so far. Looking forward to playing more of it. And like you said, well, I'm looking for, considering you both chose different paths, I'm, I'm intrigued as to how our decisions will influence our playthroughs. 
and see who gets scenes, who doesn't get scenes, and we'll go from there. Yeah. We're going to be we're probably going to be talking about a lot. So stay tuned, folks. Um, with that, Will, it's time for some shout-outs. Shout-out to everyone who followed and subbed during the show. No one. Happy belated birthday to High Tech Redneck, Beth. Happy belated birthday. And to Shibby as well. A name who I have not heard in a very, very, very long time. Um, congratulations to Why Not Be Reckless on joining Alpha Dog Esports as an esports analyst. And then congratulations to Lady Echidna on joining Divine Mind as a content creator. That's fantastic. Community creations, we have Halo memes every day. Reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Halo memes. We have clips of the week number 84 by High Tech Redneck. Go ahead and check that out. It should be live on Monday. If you don't know, you know, behind the screen with commonly interview, 1v1 and film review. This is by Why Not Be Casting. It's a great YouTube video. Go ahead and check that out. We have Will Equilibrium, a Halo 4 PC montage. The best Halo game. It's by Asriel. Checking that out. And then finally, we have the Community Spotlight by Snickerdoodle as well. The monthly community spotlight. Check out some cool shit that is happening in there. Actually, I want to throw another one in there because I forgot to, and I'm an asshole. The, the, uh, the halo mole, the final episode is going to be going live. Um, this was years in the making. Please show your support to those who cre- who helped create it, who were stars in it. Watch the series on YouTube. Again, that's the halo mole. Shout out to you, dust. And, uh, congratulations on you and the team getting that thing done. Will, that's all I got for the community creations this week. Therefore, would you mind plugging the show? You can find us on your favorite podcast services. Just search for HES Pro Talker on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Podbean Spotify, Stitcher. Now, this is well. Leave us a review and let others know about the show. Podbean. Join the dis- Podbean, yes. Uh, you can join the Discord, join the community discussion. Link will be provided in the Google Doc or the show notes of the show. We have our Spartan Company and Xbox Club. to search for HCS Pro Talk there. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Again, just search for HCS Pro Talk. We are on Esportspedia, and we have our own website, hcsprotalk.com. Go check us out. Will. What? Vikings kicker Dan Bailey has missed four kicks that would have accounted for 10 points today. Yeah, I know. We are currently losing 14 to 26, so we could be you know, 24 to 26, which means, uh, literally Eric came in great show today. Don't forget a preemptive shout out to whomever is, whomever is the Vikings new kicker next week. Yep. Trials will be held. Uh, <laughs> why is it always our kicker? I think Dan Bailey's just, uh, he's old man. He's but even then we had fucking, time. we had what's his face that was ran out of town. Blair Walsh. Yeah. He was young. Can we just Cobra Kai coming back? Oh, Kai Forbath. Oh, that's right. I like to, I, well, I'm surprised a, I got that reference and B that that's who I'm just surprised. I got that. That was, Oh, we, we, we are going to lose this game. 
Oh, Dan Bailey. I think there goes there goes our playoff hopes with it. Wouldn't surprise me. Also, the Steelers lost their first one against the Washington football team. Who had playoffs? Who had playoff hopes? Are we talking about like who said the Vikings had playoff hopes? I mean, technically, if a lot of things go our way, we'd be a wild card spot. But yeah, if we, I think we can afford one to two losses down the stretch here. Um, most likely one, and if this is the one, then I don't see us beating the Saints or, um, yeah, yeah. We're always at best a wild card spot. I mean, you're not wrong. Um, I want to go through scores just real quick. We have the Broncos are currently beating the Panthers 25 to 20. The Bears are currently beating the Texans 36 to 7. Wow. The Cardinals are currently beating the Giants 23 to 7. Not necessarily surprising. The Dallas Cowboys are beating the Bengals 23 to 7. Again, not necessarily surprising. The Kansas City Chiefs are beating the Dolphins 30 to 17. Again, not surprising at all. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are beating us. 26 to 14. Again, not surprising. Unfortunate. But hey, what are you going to do? Ladies and gentlemen, with that sad excuse for a Vikings uh, team or Vikings kicker for that matter, that is going to do it for episode 157 for HCS Pro Talk. I want to thank you very much for watching. I want to thank you very much for listening. Um, fuck, I need to eat food because I'm hungry and I don't need to see the Vikings lose this game. Guys, stay tuned. If you're watching live, stay tuned to the after show. Got some quick jokes and puns for you, along with our brand new book, Potty Humor, courtesy of Will. <laughs> And his lovely wife, Vicky. We're going to. Did you? Oh, oh yeah. It, oh, yeah. At work? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're great. They are All great. Right. But, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us this week. We'll see you next week where we're going to talk about some more things that are happening. And maybe, hopefully, we have information on what the future of HCS is going to hold. And we're more than likely going to talk about some more cyberpunk. But until. Oh, wait, wait. I, didn't, I fucking forgot something, Will. What's that? Destiny 2, the dawning event starts next week. I'm going to get myself some mo-fucking holiday gear and cheer yeah. in that video game. I can't wait. Um, But, guys, it's going to do it for us. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week. But until then, bye-bye.